Greetings, boils and ghouls. Welcome to Lovecraft Singles, the Crypt Creepers spin-off podcast for all things weird fiction directly or indirectly linked to a man I would likely not invite into my home, Howard <laughs> Phillips Lovecraft. I am joined, as always, by this little peeping poltergeist, Mary Johnston. Peep, peep. That's a little rascal's joke, which is another thing that I would not invite into my personal <laughs> home. Um, you've brought this up to me before. I think it bears repeating. Do you think he would be at all famous if his last name wasn't Lovecraft? I feel like the the, la- the I mean, right, like I, I do like his stories and stuff. But yes, the Lovecraft name, like if his name was just like Howard Phillips Smith, people wouldn't be like the Smith cycle, the Smith mythos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely Lovecraft has added uh, has added yeah. a, a bit of sheen to this whole undertaking. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. And it, 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 it it's it's a perfect last name. Mm-hmm. If your last name was Lovecraft, think how far you'd be in this world. I've often thought that to myself. I think that people, it's sort of like you need an unusual last name, but it can't be too unusual. Uh, so, Mary, I don't know if there's any way around talking about this. What happened last week? We caught a cold, and that cold was named J.J. Abrams. We found we found his episode, uh, which right. is not my joke. That is our producer Andrew's joke, but it's so good, it deserves to be yeah. said. Well, it's not even a joke. It's a true statement. Uh, weird mischaracterizations, odd pacing, uh, plot holes you could fly the Millennium Falcon through. Bad special effects. And he also killed Mary's favorite character he did uncle george was my favorite character and now he's did but but i see that he is credited on imdb as having being in eight episodes so is he coming back i don't know i think no (laughs) i'm gonna go full contrarian no he's just dead they're just gonna talk about him and feel sad for all the episodes and then in the end they'll be like is he dead yeah he's still dead um, I will say that Montrose is going out of his ways to be like, you picked the wrong brother to save. Yeah, I, I think this episode has. They're gonna have to, Montrose is gonna have to do some real work. Um, it's hard to see Michael Kenneth Williams and be like, what's that guy doing? He, I feel like like he's always he's always cool and interesting and does a good job and everything I've ever seen him in. Um, but uh, in this one, uh, maybe not so much. No, he's right now. He's just kind of moping. He's like the Pope of mope. He's morrising it up. Yeah. Y- yes. Though. All, uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's get into a big discussion of like, why do they even bother saving him? Why is he an extra character? If Uncle George is actually Atticus's dad, why is Atticus's pretend dad also? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also feel like that's just like not going to be resolved. At all, like oh, maybe, maybe not. Like, like I mean, like what? How is that going to be resolved? Were there paternity <laughs> tests now? <laughs> also, there maybe. is it advanced well, enough like, so that they could tell the difference between brothers? I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know. Actually, I was going to be like, no, they wouldn't, and then I'm like, oh right, it's a JJ episode, and uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. That was like a hanging plot thread. They're like, maybe he isn't your son. Eh, we'll never talk about this again. Maybe he isn't. Who knows? Maybe I'm not really who I say I am either. <laughs> It How come, can you know it anything? It comes back kind of in this episode, but only like kind of like uh, yeah, you know, yeah, on the edge. But I mean, like my biggest problem. So my biggest problem with the episode last week was it just wasn't very interesting. Like it was like very mm. plot and exposition heavy. Nothing that like fantastical happened that was like that was exciting. I mean, it was like uh, 
I don't I don't like too which is bad for a HP Lovecraft story or HP Lovecraft podcast uh, potentially but I don't really when I think of HP Lovecraft I don't really think about magic in like kind of a Harry Pottery kind of way and I got like a no. Harry Pottery yes. feel from all of this which I wasn't yeah. as into mm-hmm yep well but that's okay because this episode ruled. <laughs> Right. So to be to be absolutely clear, we did not have a good time last week and decided to not record an episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, because if you can't say anything nice, just pipe down. Pretty much. I was intensely relieved on Sunday night watching this episode because it looks like we're back on chorus with a perfectly ghoulish tale of dread and revenge where some unwelcome specters turn up for a housewarming party. <laughs> In uh, episode three, Holy Ghost. Holy, oh, Holy Ghost. I like to say it as if I'm Moon Boy. Um, <laughs> You're someone's a very, very Irish Catholic family member. And the Holy Ghost. From the 80s. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. The Holy Ghost. Um, but yeah, I thought there was more than a little bit of TFTC energy in this in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, but way better, way better in general, um, story wise and uh, gore wise. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, really, really, really. I pointed out something that was probably not very interesting, which is like, yeah, this was like a short, punchy, moralizing horror story that uh, that I enjoyed. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that makes sense because I think it's. I'll talk about the book more later, but. Mm-hmm. The book, I didn't really realize this, so I started reading the book and watching the show around the same time. I have not mm-hmm. finished the book yet. Um, but I didn't realize that it was, like, it's episodically written. You get these long chapters, or chapters of varying, like, some of them quite long, that tell you a whole story, and then it stops. And it, they're potentially, because I'm not at the end yet, it's potential that at some point they start weaving these tales kind of together. But they seem like they kind of stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Um and number one, I'm very glad. So I feel like you had that feel from this story. I mean, like, I think the things there are, there are threads that are, are weaved in that they're going to pick back up. And definitely, like, all of the character building that happens in this story, especially about Letty, must continue throughout. I mean, like, sure, that would be insane sure. if it didn't. But <laughs> I do think that this is, like, the best execution of it. Because it's very jarring in the book. Um, because you're just kind of like, well, I mean... So what? What is this all equaling out to, you know? And the stories yeah. themselves don't really seem satisfying enough. But this mm-hmm. was a satisfying, complete story. Like, I don't expect us to come back ever again to that house and be like, it's haunted. I mean, like, maybe we're going to go down to those catacombs, potentially, mm-hmm. underneath. Yeah. But I, we're not we're not going to retread the same path again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not It's not building out... A, uh, it's not like the X Files like grand mythos. That's not what's happening here. This is a monster of the week episode, and it's very successful at that. Oh, I was actually going to kind of compare this to the X Files, though you're you're more of an expert on that than I am. But this sort of had that feeling of being a monster of the week, and then it is sort of like loosely tied to the you know kind of a like oh, yeah, and the no, cigarette exactly. smoking man, who it's in this exactly case like is that. is is the character I have dubbed Sad Harley Quinn, um, <laughs> shows up shows up to wait to. Uh, <laughs> Allow Atticus to wave a gun around. Do you and mean then, Christine? Like, exposit. Christina. Sorry, Christina. Christine. Yeah, yeah. I'm like <laughs> channeling some Phantom of the Opera stuff there. Yeah, Christina Braithwaite. Yeah. 
Yeah, but 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 you but yeah, where this is like basically this was like a rip roaring haunted house tale, and then also yeah, they're like yeah, it's like tied to the plot kind of. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I mean your X Files example is perfect. Very rarely mm-hmm. does the monster of the week episode have nothing that ties into the larger narrative, but it, the most of the action so that is like a, a B plot at best, or it's like little pieces throughout. Like I think mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see that you know. Um, Epstein was this bad doctor. He's the big bad of this episode. But we're going to see, like, that maybe he's going to come back. Maybe he was, like, mixed up in the Braithwaite somehow or, like, the cops are on the take. Like, I think we'll explore that more. But hmm. the central the central tale is a, do- a bad doctor used to own this house and he tortured black people with medical hmm. experiments. And now these spirits are haunting the house and Letty has to, like, figure out a way of banishing the bad ghost and laying the other ghosts to rest. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's completely encapsulated and, and solved in the story. And um, first of all, it must be said and known that I love haunted house stories. They are my, it's my fa- very favorite type of horror. Um, and this, I think, delivered entirely on that promise by really tapping into like the Shirley Jackson style of haunted house where you mm-hmm. have this like it's perfect house just run down enough so that you can understand mm-hmm. why it's on the market it was such a great deal yeah, yeah, yeah. full of dark <laughs> secrets and pain and there's like malevolent yeah, yeah. spirits and then spirits that were the victim of the malevolent spirits clashing like all of that is very shirley jackson which honestly if you're gonna do a haunted house story you should go to the source like she did it really really well you should this it should be a pastiche to her mm-hmm yeah, I was gonna say. So I think I think probably we should as as the series is sort of forming and taking shape. Probably every episode, it may be worth discussing what what in particular the genre prestige happening is, and then also how Lovecraftian is what's happening, um, which might, which I think will be, which based on this, I bet will become we will we will drift further and further. Just become, of course not, none at all. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I think clearly the haunted. The, clearly, you said it better than I could. This guy has a haunted house. I feel like I loved the um, the title card that showed up the the in the summer of 1955. Yeah. That thing, which to me really feels like the kind of um, I don't know, like 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 grindhouse, you know, last 70s house exploitation. Yeah, yeah that, that sort of thing where you're supposed to, where it's supposed to be like this is possibly kind of true. You know, that like impossibly yeah. deep voice reading it and like yeah. it over on a house just like many other houses on your street. Yeah. 10 days later, three people were missing inside the house never to be seen again. I love that too. I thought that I thought that was yeah, very yeah. um very and we, pulpy and I enjoyed yeah, it. And they give us and they give us the countdown and everything. And again, like I don't want to I am fine with ne- right. Like I, this was fun within its little genre thing. We never have to see anything like that ever again. No, I mean I, I wouldn't. Yeah, it'd be okay if it was unwelcome. But 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 I I I feel like I get what they're doing, and I think that's cool. I think it's also smart and keeps it fresh. I mean, definitely that was part of uh, that sort of stuff could be part of a haunted house story, but it doesn't necessarily go. You know, like right. it's not the same thing as like a creaking door opening or like a ghost is behind you, but you don't see it, but the audience sees it. Like that's all like Mm -hmm. classic haunted house stuff. This is not classic necessarily haunted house stuff, but I like that it's being mixed in. I also liked, um, I can't, there have to be other stories like this. I can't think of one off the top of my head, which makes me feel like this is like fresh and exciting where you have a haunted house story. That's also a little bit of a siege horror story. Mm Because typically, 
typically you have either like the the horror is within or the horror is without. I'm protecting my home against a horror without from with like you know outside of it versus the horror is inside of me in the house. This is both because you've got yeah. the white neighbors that are the threat outside and you also have the ghosts inside and I thought it was a really smart move to do that because I think the experience of of pioneering, which is what they're calling um, like black people yeah. moving into otherwise completely white neighborhoods, um, you don't feel safe indoors or out. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that that yeah. that fits. That makes sense. So I liked that yeah. a lot. There's a third item, a third kind of like pastiche I feel that I really enjoyed about this, which is uh, I think it has some Nancy Drew energy. Like Letty <laughs> solves this mystery with newspaper clippings and poking around like dark basements with a flashlight. Like you just say that because she wears uh, flat shoes and retro pants. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> it's, do, it's yes, very yeah. Yeah. and and I like it because like Nancy Drew is pulp for girls. Like that's what that was, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, like safe pulp, but yeah, it was. And I so I think that that's kind of fun. Like you get the sense that. Um, or I always liked that about sort of like child adventurer stories was the sense mm-hmm. that you got if you like had a library card and a decent bike, you could solve mysteries. Like those are mm-hmm. the things you need. Anything else, everything else like is just like you need to be in the right place at the right time. But like with a little bit of gumption and research, you can do it. So I, I think that that's fun. And I like it for the story. If they continue that mm-hmm. that vibe, I would enjoy it. I love that. Uh, I, I love when Letty's in the like a cafe or bar or something. Right? Oh, she's, she's like in a she classic. Has. They nailed that. I was like, uh, every bar I've ever been in Chicago looks exactly like yeah, that yeah. bar. She's in, she's in the booth, and uh, and Atticus comes and she says, "My house is haunted." The same way, if you like, just bought a house, you'd be like, "We've got termites." Yeah, <laughs> there's a mold problem. <laughs> yeah, for real. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, what am I gonna do? <laughs> oh, and this um, is a this is a classic to you and me. I don't know if you got the same energy, but after at the end when she and the she and the reporter get off the elevator and then you see the elevator like kind of like kind of like almost like break the fourth wall with you mm-hmm. and then be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm going to show you the audience something new. It yeah, yeah, reminded right, yeah. me of the of the ride, the Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, spooky old elevators are great. Um, that, I mean, this 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 is basically, I think, like like the re- the the. Um, a uh, we this this is the elevator from Angel Heart again. <laughs> yep. You know? Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I, I um I think you're right. Um. So I, in this, I don't really think that the horror is especially Lovecraftian, w- which is fine because I I don't really know, like that's fine. Um. Except for you know pervasive racism and all that kind of stuff. But I did think that it was interesting that this takes at least some interest in the psychological ramifications of the stuff that has happened to the characters. Which is not always something you see in in horror uh, horror films. Oftentimes, because the characters like haven't haven't had a chance to see other bad stuff, maybe. But but I thought it's, it's a, I think it's interesting to kind of um, maybe tip its hat a little bit at the idea of the Lovecraft the Lovecraft mythos that you know you see unnatural things and it makes you and it, and it makes you feel crazy or it makes you feel disconnected from reality as we know it or understanding that reality is different from the way you thought is harmful to your psyche. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, I feel like that is a also kind of a fresh modern interpretation of um, sort of the madness and like peering yeah, into sure. the void of Lovecraft um, without being too over the top. I mean, like the like it is a it is tricky with Lovecraftian stories 
to really capture the... Because, like, there's so many times where he's like, I saw something so horrible, I can't even describe it, and I immediately passed out. There's lots of fainting yeah. in Lovecraft. That doesn't really work in a visual medium. <laughs> like, you have to, you either have to show yeah, something yeah. so horrible that the audience feels that way, which is... And then passes out. Which is which, impo- which is bad. Very, very unsafe. Super <laughs> unsafe. to broadcast What if someone's watching this in the tub? That's dangerous. <laughs> watching while driving. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um... Yeah. <laughs> exactly but which so like you really can't pull that off so usually they just kind of make like a person like unhinged into the mouth of madness <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. they got sort of sort of uh yeah sort of a, the shining axe crazy <laughs> right so they show I mean, you I mean, someone going crazy but they don't expect you to go crazy but i thought it was cool that they took it back to yeah. the place of trauma which is something you as the audience get everyone has mm-hmm. trauma but and you can under but even though this is like so beyond anything you've ever experienced, like you un, you unlike Letty probably have never been like dead and then woke up mm-hmm. again. This is also something that um this uh perhaps the the sort of uh, accumulated games and uh media around Lovecraft kind of does a bad job with right where you're you know if you're playing uh, Arkham Horror or um. Call of Cthulhu or something, right? Where it's like, oh no, I biffed my sanity roll. Now I have to roll the dice, draw a card. Now I'm agoraphobic. You know, <laughs> now I have manic depression. You know, right. Like, it's sort of your <laughs> feel feels bad. That's not quite right. Right. Uh, right. A, a good way to talk about action. You know, it, it's one thing to go sort of operatically, theatrically mad. It's another thing when like the madness are things that you know people you're playing with could. could 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 suffer from or could you know could be actually part of the real world right also it always felt like a rip when you'd play arkham horror and it'd be like i looked at a cultist and now i'm crazy you're like how yeah, yeah. scary is that cultist <laughs> but then you're like but then it's also like that's ah, fine i just checked myself in the into the sanitarium and i got my points back Right. Or it's like, or it's like, I killed a bunch of people who are killed a bunch of things that are essentially just people. Now I'm going to go down to the docks and sell them to somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And then you don't get you don't get any madness points or whatever for that. No, you certainly do not get uh, any madness points for essentially being the world's like a serial killer pretending to be a grave digger, <laughs> which is a real yeah. tough look. You are something so tough. You have to masquerade as a gra- grave robber. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. So um, I think this this episode, of course, um, easily. Probably easily the biggest theme is, um, or the most obvious theme is looking at the challenges of being a black homeowner in the 50s. Um, you buy a new house and, you know, surprise, you're now ha- haunted by the rotting corpse of racism in your basement. Um, you know, um, I, I don't think they explicitly say redlining, but, you know, well, we, we see we see that sort of stuff. Installment contracts. Um we what see, is an we, installment we, that, contract? I don't know. So, so uh, okay. So I will, I will reveal all. An installment contract is like a is like a mortgage for your house, only worse, because if you were a black person in the past, um, uh, nobody would give you a home mortgage. So they, you get an installment contract where you put down a huge down payment, and I think so that whatever the loaning entity like owns your house, and um, basically you have to pay off these huge usurious continuous installments on the contract and uh, they can jerk you around and uh, and uh, steal your house. Um, you never build any equity in the house. You get your house at the end of it. It's like putting your house on layaway, uh, but you also get to live there. But also if you miss a payment, they can just boot you right out. 
Yeah. So, you know, a mortgage, but worse. Yikes. Um, and redlining, we, the, of course, like we should probably yeah. explain that for people who are not familiar. The um, I mean, basically an entire system of systematically um, keep it, keeping black people out of white neighborhoods, uh, whether through laws or um, having uh, uh, like like binding agreements, like you buy a house in our suburb and then you have to promise not to sell it to a black person. Yeah, like um, really, and, really crazy, like um, uh, HOA kind of stuff yeah. is how they skirted it. So as opposed to like you maybe maybe your city wouldn't be like if you're black, you can't buy a house in this neighborhood, but the neighborhood association could. Right. Like, yeah. That yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. You're not a good fit for our community. Right. You know, kind of, yeah. And then and then the guy we see at the end is a um a realtist, which um I, I, I might be saying that wrong, but but I was like I, I, I had to look that up um and admitting my own ignorance here. Um but that that is not something just like a funny name for a realtor in the fifties. In the fifties, if you were a black person, you were not allowed to be a realtor because you couldn't join the realtor association before racism reasons. So there were these people who were basically realtors who were generally black who uh catered to black people um who were who realtists which was just like a realtor but you know not as prestigious and and yeah. uh in, in all ways sidelined right and i bet and i bet there was some um gatekeeping about the types of homes you could sell oh i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure yeah. i i guess like I as i said i didn't i didn't uh have as much time to look too much into that but like it's it's one of these things where you're like oh this is exactly like another thing only intentionally made worse and and uh you know more more humiliating and bad for the people um, yeah. who had to use the service. That's awful. I did not know about realtists. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Either. Again, I might be saying it's a it's a weird word. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is great and so smart to do a haunted house. St- so a lot of haunted house stories deal with new spaces like that. Basically, mm-hmm. I would say every haunted house movie that I can think of, of like kind of the classic American trying to bite on Japanese ghost story style has to do mm-hmm. with people moving into a new house mm-hmm. and then turns out like there's something really bad in that house. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's so smart to display uh, the troubles of being a 1950s black homeowner through this because a haunted house movie is really about subverting expectations that a home should be your sanctuary. It should be where you are safe. Mm-hmm. It's where you go at the end of the day to like kind of release all your stress and just like you're in your home. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But in this case, your home is a trap. You mm-hmm. don't know. You don't know your home. The space that you consider familiar is actually quite unfamiliar to you and uh, is out to get you. So and I think that there and there's lots of different ways that that like kind of is played out in haunted house movies. But I like that this kind of like gives us a really fun like whack pack of haunted Mm -hmm. house themes. (laughs) And it all equals out to um, things Letty is trying to accomplish uh, with this house and the multiple ways she is thwarted from it, which I think goes nicely with this sort of like, all right, so there's redlining. So you can't own a house anywhere. You can only own certain houses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, but no, you can't have a mortgage because you're going to mm-hmm. get an installment contract, which is not as good. And oh, you can't usually use a realtor either. Like everything yeah, yeah. about it is is bad. Right. Like it's you think it's going to be this this new fresh thing and it's not ever ever is right so letty is recovering from trauma at the beginning of the story and throughout the story Mm -hmm. and probably hopefully throughout like this can't just fix her 
But, like, she wants to buy this house because she wants a new chapter. She wants to put the trauma of Lovecraft Country behind her. She wants to create mm-hmm. a safe space for her friends to live and have parties and enjoy life. But, of course, she can't do that because mm-hmm. she does not have the social power to assure her, like, that her friends will be safe in her home that she is using mm-hmm. as a boarding house. Right, right. You also have, like, a... There's a certain of like looks like you made it about how buying houses, right? Your foot's like mm-hmm. I'm getting. Yeah, I, sure. I'm, it's the it's I'm, the American dream, right? I'm owning property, which is a huge deal. Also, when you consider the fact that you know, for a long time, black people couldn't own property. Um, well, I, well, I mean, and 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 just to cut in here, right? And and all of this was clearly on purpose. This was a systematic way to deprive yes African American people of ways to build generational wealth. And that echoes that, that that is this is this could be directly connected to to inequalities in our society. Now. You know, what I mean, like, I yeah. think a lot of the time when you talk about racism uh, uh, nowadays, we like to talk about it like it's this irrational, like brain eating disease. Um, but I think that frequently and I, this is something I, I think we'll talk about a lot. Uh, just I guessing going forward to this, the, the, there usually is like like a like a terrible logic to racism, not in terms of it being justified, but that like. The, 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 these people weren't just. Sorry, I'm getting it's off on a like, whole different not tangent. Like a, it's not like a bunch of unaffiliated people were like, "Hey, we hate black people. We're going to make their lives hard." It's like whole whole governments and systems got together and create and created very specific laws that made it very difficult. Systemic racism is what we're talking about. Right. But, but, but or even just like, you know, you, you, ever, you ever had an argu- argument with a libertarian where they're like, well, you know, those segregated lunch counters, eventually the free market would have. And you're like, no, 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 no man, you you are not thinking big enough, you know, or or people who want to talk about completely unrelated thing. You know, you, you know how like insulin has gotten more expensive all of a sudden, you know, like. Well, the hand of the invisible hand of the market should just press it down until insulin's basically free. If you can make insulin for basically free, then anybody, everybody will use it. But then you're like, no, no, here's the thing. It's not worth it for them to make insulin. They have done some sort of moral calculus where it's not worth it to them to make insulin for poor people. They're fine with making insulin that costs, you know, $300 a whack instead because they think they will make as much or maybe even a little bit more money. And, and and that same that same horrible uh, one would say almost like demonic logic uh, is part of this too, right? Like these these white people could benefit from having uh, cheaper houses and less competition, and uh, you, you know by by holding down other cla- other other groups of people, and you know and, and I I think they were pretty clear about what was going on. Yeah, it was no accident. I mean, it's like the thing where. Which you discover if you take any sort of like undergrad class about slavery or the Civil War, where you're like, whoa, you know what? All those slave owners like definitely, definitely did not believe the the apple cider they were squirting in people's ears about how black people were not people. It was obvious to all of them that they were like, mm-hmm. like sure. this was this was way more evil <laughs> than you think it is. Like it's even more, it's even worse than you think it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I th- yeah, just to say, I, th- I think we like to, de- I think we like to deceive ourselves, or maybe let our ancestors off the hook no. by being like, well, no, it was, it was, it was, and Lovecraftian. It was unfathomably strange that they would think these things, and who can even imagine what the motivations would? It, it true, you know, you know, yeah. like as if being a racist is like being from Mars. Yeah, right. No, it's uh, it's uh. 
racism to me seems to be a crime of opportunity, not insanity. Like mm. you oh. decide, mm. you decide that it's going to be worth it to create these little these little stories about the fact that mm-hmm. these people don't deserve anything, and the only reason you're doing it is so that you get all the marbles, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, and and uh... you you see that with people like. Uh, you know, the, usually the place where if you're like a white lady like me, you realize that about slavery is when you read about how if like a person of any race parents died, the the local like the local slave trader would just like roll up to their farm and be like, hey, kids, come with me. You're slaves now. And it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. So like there was no way there was no justification there. Like a- anybody could be a slave provided they had no one to protect them. Terrible. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Um, Here, you, you, you want to lighten this situation a little bit? There, there is, there are some great things in uh, that I noticed. Like when they move into the neighborhood, do you notice when um, Le- when Letty is like dragging Ruby, and it definitely is like the little sister and like the big sister. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of like, we're gonna get in trouble, Letty. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? Come yeah. on, come on, look yeah. at my house. Um, but behind there's a pure milk truck. Yes. <laughs> in the background, I was like. <laughs> Yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, that whole neighborhood is creepy. Yeah, they, um, they moved into definitely like a Stepford kind of neighborhood. Um, well, and that's part of, I think, also the, so definitely the Stepford, that's like part of it too. Like you move to a new place and you don't, like your home is safe, yeah, right. should be safe, You're, but like mm, the yeah. community is a little like strange. So what's going on in this community? They know because mm-hmm. they are, their eyes are right, open right. to the realities of racism, but you have a little bit of that. But I also like a lot of, haunted house movies have are about family trauma and it's stuff mm-hmm. where it's like yeah. things are just going to be different here we're going to move into a new house and yeah, all right. the bad things that happened <laughs> in our old house are going to completely go away and we are going to be a good family now like that's such a thing and yep, you yep, see yep. letty trying to to do that with ruby mm-hmm. so hard and this but of Hot. course it doesn't work they haven't changed fundamentally as people your mm-hmm. demons follow you like they're not you can't just move you know Honey, we haven't really been connecting the same way or talking as much. I think we need to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. When looking at her house, when I, the minute she talked about and the best part is it's got an elevator. And I'm like, never buy a house with an elevator. The elevator's either haunted <laughs> or it will just break. Have you seen Lady in a Cage yet? If you haven't seen Lady in a Cage, listeners, oh, it's worth putting some eyes on. And then when they when uh, I very effectively remember when they go down into the basement where, where there's like the scratching at that that hatch in the basement and, and she gets Atticus to go down there with the bat and she goes down there and it's like like a like an empty concrete room with a floor drain. And I'm like, nope, this is the killing room. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it, just just to be clear, I'm not dumb. The boiler's haunted, right? That's yes. not like that. It's not. Yes. Yes. Maybe yes. all boilers are haunted. Does your house have a boiler? Mary? Our house has a, our house has two boilers. Yeah, I don't think our house has what would be traditionally called a boiler. <laughs> we have two boilers. I don't, I don't really get malevolent feelings from either of our blo- our boilers. Um, but with the old boiler, we ha- we have a house that was built in the twenties. Our mm-hmm. old our first boiler when we moved in was from the nineteen twenties, and uh, had to be replaced because it was quietly, without our realization, having a series of explosions inside of it. <laughs> 
um, which they assured us was not super dangerous, but just wasn't very efficient for heating. So when we got it, it kind of it kind of was like a large Franklin stove, like it had kind of bowed uh-huh. out sides. And when sure. the heating people came, they were like, "Yeah, that's be- that's because of the explosions. They were made so that it could do that, but like lots of explosions are happening inside this thing regularly." We were like, "Oh, good. Well, that sounds great. Please replace it." The Midwest is such a strange place. <laughs> uh, boilers, radiators. Yeah. You turn on Oof. your radiator, and then it sounds like a bunch of like little tiny men are hitting it with hammers. I mean, I've seen. Uh, oh man, what's that called? It's the Christmas story. The thing with the the little boy Ralphie, right? And the dad is like swearing at the boiler and like hitting it with a wrench. Or uh, Home Alone, like anything in the Midwest. The boiler is like this weird. It's the it's the it's the satanic entity at the core of your house. You, you have a Faustian bargain with it, but like you won't freeze in the weird Chicago land winters. But also, it might eat one or two of your kids. I get kind of like a our boilers. I guess are newer now, but like I get kind of a little engine that could vibe from it. There's lots of like piping, and they're kind of cheery colors. I don't know. They're not mm-hmm. as scary, but maybe that just reveals what you're saying is even truer that they were so scary for so long that now we have to, like, paint them, like, red and green to make them feel cheery and happy. No, in, in, a, in a completely dark way, that's that's the way that uh, whatever replaces the Minneapolis uh, police department will be, like, a bunch of guys in riot gear, but they'll have little smiley faces and uh, uh, rainbow coalition flags and hashtag BLM, like, like stenciled on the masks of their riot helmets. Right, they'll just, um, they'll know, just you know, spray paint all the riot stop, gear Please baby stop resisting, blue. citizen! You know, yeah. <laughs> whack, whack, whack. Yeah. Oh, man, what is that... Is it RoboCop that they do that? Where it's like the oh, robot yeah, is like yeah. shooting people. It's like, why are you running away from me? I'm here yes, to help. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, RoboCop. Yep. Another great Midwestern <laughs> classic film. Yeah. But <laughs> that's true, Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that this really delivers on the promise of a classic uh, horror, horror haunted house story. Mm-hmm. Or haunted yeah. house story is really just what I mean, which is that a change of address doesn't mean you're a new person or that the rules of the world of your world have changed. You are still mm-hmm. the same. You cannot. That that is a fiction that you can change. And I think what actually it's kind of I never really considered it this way, but I think that for a lot of Americans that is sort of a um, existential dread of the phoniness of capitalism. That just because mm-hmm. you have money to spend and you're able to mm-hmm. have like mobility, that it you you do not change fundamentally from place to place. So it's yeah. it's a shallow gesture at best. Um, mm-hmm. Which I wonder is why if the, that's why you have like the you know kind of pervasive theme throughout that of haunted house movies and why they're so effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and I loved that for in in kind of like. Uh, within the the framework of pioneering, because all of those things are like the scary bad things about pioneering. You can't like mm-hmm. it's not just that easy to move. There are problems that are going to follow you and chase you wherever you are, and then there are going to be new problems as well. Mm-hmm. I I also like that this uh, highlights I think the concerns of maybe a middle class. I think we, you know, a lot of people know about sort of loosely like the concept of redlining and you know the 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 rough go that the uh, black middle class had in the had in this country but it doesn't it's as you uh so expertly point out in our first episode we usually kind of confine people to very limited stories about racial justice in the united states and i feel like this isn't usually one that's highlighted too much 
um, you get the sense, like, Letty's friends seem to be kind of, like, bohemian, somewhat comfortable people. Um, and, you know, like, at her party, we get you get little little chatter. There's a, there's a Martin Luther King reference. Um, and they reference, uh, uh, you know, um, some of the some of the riots in the Chicago area. Or they, they mention a, a race riot. So I, uh, you know, enterprising sleuth with a library card that I was, decided to try to look this up. And I think probably what they're talking about is the Trumbull race riots of 1953. But I also found the Cicero race riots of 1951 or the Englewood race riots of 1949. Um, would you like me to share you some information about, about these things? Yeah. In order, the Englewood race riot in 1949 was five days and 10,000 rioters over, and this is a quote, blue Jews, blacks, and communists attempting to usurp the neighborhood. Whoa. Um, Basically, there the, there is no evidence that this was true, but there were rumors that these elements were meeting with local meat packers to move in and take over the neighborhood. So, ten thousand people had to have a riot, and uh, something like sixteen or eighteen people were sent to the hospital as a result of this. The local police were involved, um, both in suppressing and in some cases um, fomenting rioting violence. Um, and it was all basically so people in the in in the late forties were pretty serious about that you, you know in that this was a threat that was taken seriously and was worth like like beating up other people in your community and you know breaking stuff over um the sister race riots 1951 were um were, were race riots over um uh, an intimidation of uh, people moving in the neighborhood and then the trumbull race riots 1953 there was a public housing project like, like a really big one and the chicago housing authority moved some black families into into these into these communities and like all hell broke loose um, this is notable in that these people, um, I don't, uh, I don't know how much agency they really, they really had. I don't know if they requested to be there or not, but certainly this was sort of the, uh, in a sense, the state moving people in somewhere and then failing to, in the, in the short term anyway, to protect them. Eventually, um, like I, I believe the National Guard and stuff were involved. And, um, what I read was that it wasn't until the sixties that, that, that the, um, African-American families in the, in this neighborhood were could go to like the like the community park without without escort so like, it was it, it was real real bad that's awful yeah so you know the more things change yeah for real um but it's 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 important to also kind of know i think that uh it can be very tempting because we we really we have very selective memories about history and we kind of define we kind of confine um, particular atrocities or traumas to to time periods and not so much to like systems that perpetuate them for a long time and occasionally kind of like bubble up so it's like impossible to ignore them. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's important to to kind of talk about those things and remember that these uh, you know these things are these things are more common. There wasn't just one riot over over who people moving it over pioneering uh over there were lots who of them. gets to live here yeah there are lots of a... them there's lots of them um yeah. and you all you have to do is scratch the surface a little bit to get down there but unless you go seeking it it there it's no one's going to volunteer that information you're not going to learn that in most high schools in your like history classes it's not going to happen pro tip never go on next door <laughs> Oh man, I have not done that since uh, <laughs> since 2020 started. <laughs> um, yep, yep. Not not interested. No, thank you. Um, should we talk about Letty a little bit? 
yeah, let, I, I, let's talk about my new favorite character. <laughs> I mean, Uncle yeah. George is dead, so. It's true. Also, maybe Letty was still my favorite character in the first episode. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's Letty or George. Like, yeah. Atticus is, is great, but, you know, he's not as great as either of them. I, I mean, he's okay. <laughs> well, he's sort of, you know, he's like, he's got, like, the typical problems of a main character where, you know, like, he has to have all the discovery, and he's, like, pretty mopey in this episode. So it's, it's like, more exciting. She's more exciting than he is at this point. It's very much like a video game where the main protagonist, like, you ever played any of these um, computer RPGs with the, where, the, where you are the main character? And so the main character doesn't have any dialogue or, like, talk, but everyone else is very has lots of character. Yeah. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Deckard. Maybe I got some things to say. Um yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. So, um, let, let his character, I think, get some, uh, get some fleshing out. Um I think uh, she's um, uh, she is a character who I think um, has a lot of pretense and bravado, uh, but we get to kind of get a little peek beneath what's going on there. Um, right. Well, and we've only known her for three episodes so far. Right. And sure, across sure. those three episodes, it's definitely in the first one, right? She's sort of this magnetic, self-possessed person mm-hmm. living her dreams you know like she's not gonna she's not gonna put up with she's not gonna put up with crap like she goes and is it her mm-hmm. brother in the first episode yeah. Yeah. yes yes she goes and like visits him and he's like he's like yelling at her and so she's like i'm out of here like i'm not putting up mm-hmm. with this um yeah. so and it's, it's <laughs> she fights of, with atticus about the map you know it's fine yeah right like she's not she's like she's very she's very in control of herself you get the sense that she is um a person who's out there living her dreams and having adventures and sort of like, you know, grabbing life by the by the brass rings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's sort of interesting in this story. Typically, typically you would just get that. Typically that would mm-hmm. be it. And she'd be like, girl boss, right. hashtag yeah. girl boss. But yeah, yeah. I think that it points out, which I think is true for basically any, bon, like she's kind of a bon vivant character, right? Any bon vivant, there is a performative nature to it. Just like anybody, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. some of your life is faking it till you make it. In this episode, I think whether I think it's probably kind of a combination of this is stuff that she had going on anyway, especially the stuff with her sister, but also mm-hmm. reeling from the trauma of what went down um, in Lovecraft Country. I think that you get kind of this the sense that she's she really is faking it till she makes it. She. Mm-hmm. And you see that that's sort of a coping mechanism through this, right? Mm-hmm. Letty died in the last episode. So in order to feel alive, she's buying a house and she's going to have big parties and she's going to fill it with people who are interesting and stimulating and exciting. And she's just going to tamp all that down. Just push right. all that trauma right on you down. jam all those bad feelings down. You never talk about them. Right. Like she's just going to have music that's, and, and laughter that, That's also and very Midwestern. Just, yes. just cram all those bad feelings down. Wait, I didn't, know she, was, I didn't, know, I didn't know that she was a Norwegian farmer. Like, <laughs> what, what is that going on here? Um, but we also kind of get, I think we're invited at times to uh, to critique her a little bit. Like when that beginning where she's like talking to Ruby and she's like, oh, yeah, you gave me money for this. And then Ruby's like, oh, I thought you needed to pay like your heat. And she's like, ah, like, ah, like I guess you gave me a lot of money. <laughs> I was lying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we get the sense that she not only manip- like leans on her sister for money, she also manipulates her into making her give her money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't hate, or at least I didn't hate her for it or like dislike her or be like, ooh, Letty, you're a bad person. 
partially because you sense that this is this does like give her tremendous guilt. She does feel terrible about that. Yeah, yeah you yes, also you have the thing where she's sort of a protagonist and it's the kind of it's it is the kind of thing that a character like her would do. Yeah. Right, where it's kind of like I told you I needed to fix my fix my window or whatever it is, but fix my car. But actually, I just needed to fix my camera. <laughs> I'm so, <laughs> you, know, you know, the the thing where like because she's a fictional character and is sort of at this point sort of playing into an archetype, you're like, well, yeah, that makes sense. It's fine. We still I'm still on her side. It's fine. <laughs> right. Well, and she's such a you feel for her in these moments too, because like mm-hmm. actually everybody just wants to go out and live their dreams and have adventures, and like nobody wants yeah, sure. to be Ruby. No one wants to be holding it down and like working and like from her perspective, like, you know, working hard to get where she is. Like no one wants to do that. That's boring. That's not fun. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. It's it's ultimately relatable because, you know, what what, what this comes down to is like, hey, did you know that or, or, or on some level, this kind of like, hey, did you know that Letty is a character who has insecurities and pain in her core that she covers up so that she can so she can function in the real world and feel OK about the way things are going? You, right. you know, like 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 most all like a hundred percent of humans yeah right right now again you know she is a fictional character so sort of fleshing around this way is is interesting and good but you know right like it's it it, it's it it is ultimately relatable um i uh i did like that and and i think letty being fake or letty sort of putting on a brave face happens in ways that are both trivial and very important in this episode like i like how wonderfully fake she is at her party (laughs) <laughs> where she's, you know, filling drinks and smiling and sparkling. And you can tell she she kind of has that thing where she's like, I just want to find some place to take my shoes off. My feet hurt. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm having a great time at my own party. You know, you, you know what I mean? Right, Every, right. Everybody who has ever tried to have a big house party. She's totally can relate to that. She's working the room. And you also I lo- I actually love how they shot it. So, you know, the horns are going on outside. But then, right. like, you just are in the party, and it's so fun. It's, like, such a fun-looking party, and she's wandering, and ah-ha, like, kind of see it from her perspective. And then when mm. Atticus walks in, first of all, he walks in literally bringing the <laughs> war with him. He's wearing his <laughs> army uniform. And when he opens the door, that's the first time you hear the horns outside while the yeah, party's yeah, yeah. happening. So one could assume, yeah. like, oh, maybe it's stopped. Nope. Still going on. So you understand this loud party is also to like drown that out. Like mm-hmm. I can't deal with that right now. I gotta I gotta fuzz it up with with like company and cheer and fun, which I think mm-hmm. everybody at this like we're having a real tough year as mm-hmm. a as a people. So I think mm-hmm. we're all kind of doing some stuff like that. Hopefully not that- with giant groups of people like that though. This is the second really fun party. The uh, the production staff here know how to put on a party. Oh yeah, the and street they, party they was great every, too. Yeah. Yeah, and in this one, everybody's—I um, get it because it's—it's—we it, we sort of established it's hot, even even when the boiler isn't isn't trying to murder you. Um, but like everybody's, all, all the people are also kind of misted and are a little bit little bit sweaty, but mm-hmm. in a in in a realistic like way. I don't know the 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 design the way the way it's it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um. But but right. So you know we sort of have this. We also she also has a um facade of maybe like a little bit of sexual availability. Um, which we uh, which we discover is 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 not um, or is not maybe the way that we expect it to be. Right. Uh, she she is a you wouldn't necessarily or at least I was I was expecting her to be a sexually experienced person. She seems incredibly modern compared especially to her sister. Right. She's wearing pants and then Ruby kind of always wears like very proper, appropriate, like 50s, you know, day dresses, that kind of thing. And Uh and, you know, Letty flirts outrageously with people. She's she's dynamic. You're like, of course, of course. Like you would expect her to have kind of banging sex life. 
Um, mm-hmm. But no, she doesn't. Right, right. And um, I also kind of think even the um, the scene at the very beginning where she's in church mm-hmm. and every everyone is feeling the spirit around her and she's just sitting there and it's almost sh- it's it's shot in a, in a great sort of airless way where you can tell that she's completely alienated from her surroundings and everything. You kind of realize that like um, maybe at what 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 stage in her life or, or, or like where she is psychologically in this moment, because one assumes based on what's going on that she would ordinarily be participating. And now she is so alienated from, you know, uh, her faith or her community or like this, this, this core piece that she, she can't even bring herself to stand up. Uh, you know, again, maybe if you were, if you want to get real weird, you could like argue like, is that what's really happening? Or is this just really like the way she feels, but who cares? We see, we kind of see, see where, where she's at. Um, I think we probably have to talk about the sex scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched it a second time and I was more, when it happened, I was so bummed out for her that it seemed like just sort of like rushed and possessive mm-hmm. um, because it, it basically happened. So Letty has, I think, officially officially made it clear that she is interested in a romantic <laughs> relationship with, with Atticus multiple times. Like, Atticus, a grown man of 15 years. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, she's like, she's like, you should stay. You should move into my, you should move into my boarding house. I would really like it if you, <laughs> you stay. You should move into my house. She doesn't say this, but she's like, you should move into my room. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. And you then, should move into my life. <laughs> yes, I would like to have you around. I'm interested in you. We know from uh, the second episode that the, like, the, like, very, very oh, yeah. bad. The the wonderful fantasy that turns into a bad fantasy <laughs> is her. The penis that turns into a snake, snake penis. Yeah. Well, but like, but it's like initially oh, it's what she. Of anything, save that. But it's initially what she wants, right? Like she would, she yeah, yeah. wants to be with Atticus and then it goes wrong. So we know mm. that this is something she's interested in. We don't really, I mean, he'd have to be like a damn fool to not be interested, but we don't ever really see it from his perspective. We see it from her perspective. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. of course, in the basement when she takes his hand in a moment of, you know, kind of like comfort and fear and like, right. you know. You're like, you're like, these guys are going to kiss? Yeah. And he like, no. he kind of pulls back. Yep. Yeah. So, but the thing that spurs him on to make a move is that he realizes other men are interested in her. And mm-hmm. the implication that she has been sexually active before with other men, mm-hmm. which is turns yeah. out is phony baloney. Right. So I was kind of bummed out about that. It, it's it's better on rewatch. I was like more, I was like more on board with it. Um, I do think it's like kind of, br- not really brave. I think it's like, a bold choice and kind of a good realistic choice that the sex doesn't seem that good. Yeah. I, I, so I, the way I, I had, I think your same initial thoughts when I saw it on a rewatch, I kind of feel like um, the talk he has with Letty's ex-boyfriend um, who implies that they've had sex, which, you know, maybe not, Maybe maybe not his place to say or anything, but I almost feel like w- the point there is not so much like, does she belong to you? It's more of a like, dude, it's right in front of you. You need to like, yeah, d- you know, even that felt if, better. If, I mean, it's 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 jerkish because he leads Atticus to believe that he's had sex with right, Buddy when right. he hasn't. So it's like it's Although, like yeah. masculine, like bullshit. But right, right. But, but just to say that, like, yeah, I don't think he, he he's not it. like he's not like it's it, it strikes me as being less like. Hey, your woman's stepping out on you. You better take ownership. And more like, dude, uh, if you guys are together, you might want to, you might want to like, 
actually be together instead of, you know, like, like, what are you doing? Why are you, why, why are you living here for no rent and paying lots of attention to her if, if that's not your, like, what do you, you know, but I, I sort of saw the, uh, the sex scene to me seemed like it's the kind of, um, like the kind of sex where you're trying to substitute sex for other things. Like both of these people have been traumatized. They've had an experience that they, that neither of them can make good sense of. They are bound by that trauma. They are also bound because they're interested in each other. And I think they, that, 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 that sort of like the physical act of sex, they want it to somehow fix something there maybe. And they have sex and we see, um, uh, <laughs> we see the, um, classic HBO, um, uh, Pat, uh, um, Bill Paxton in, in Big Love, Jiggly Male Butt. Um, and uh, I enjoyed this butt more than I, t- I typically enjoy butts, but yes, it was very yeah, there bad. you go. Right, right, right. Um, it's It must be real fun to lose your virginity on a sink. Um, but, but anyway, I feel like, but anyway, I feel like, and then sort of afterwards, it's both, they're both kind of like, well, and, and I think both of them are, I think, over like overwhelmed, but also kind of like in a, in a internal reverie kind of thing where they're like, well, that was something. What does it mean? I yeah. don't. It they didn't... both they both wanted it for so long, kind of. Right. But at the same but... time, they didn't they didn't talk about. It. They haven't done the the normal, um, right. or like the healthy like setup of building the relationship such that this would make sense. It is. It's sort of. Right. It is like rushed, and it's because I think that they've both been traumatized. And I mean, Letty right. like right. explicitly calls it out. She's like, I don't regret that happening because. I I am seeking feelings and emotion and connection with other people because I don't feel much right now. Right, right. But but you know I, I feel like they pro- so I don't you know like this I, I don't think it's it's not like the sex was bad. This is awkward. It's more like well that was something. Why don't I why don't I feel I feel how do I feel I don't really know. And then it's kind of like well bye, I guess I'll see you around. You know yeah. good well, day to you sir. <laughs> right like oh I guess we're I guess you're gonna be cool about the fact that you got blood on your penis which is cool and I like that that you feel that way. Yeah. But Attic- uh, Atticus, uh, to his credit, Atticus was not was not was like like took it in stride in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was like that. That was very attractive of him to do, and uh, and like um, it may it gave you like a little bit of warmth. You're like, okay, because it is sort of surprising that she's like, all right, I guess I'll just see you downstairs. You're like, are you guys gonna like talk about anything? I guess what I mean by the sex, I'm no smooching, no cuddling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess what I thought yeah. about, like, I'm like, you're at her house. Like, you could just go to her room. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess Probably what I was... kind of a faux pas if you're the sparkling hostess to, like, you know. <laughs> just, just bottle off and t- go to bed early. Um, yeah. Well, who knows? Uh, I do. I do. I meant more of, like, the sex is not very good in that it's fast and, like, she clearly does not have an orgasm from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So to, to, though it, it uh, is this I'm going to sound like our mother. Um, it is nice to see a sex scene in a HBO series that doesn't feel like kind of excessive or exploit Like you're not. It, uh, right. Like we didn't. He like, didn't like rip down her shirt and there were like boobs flying everywhere. Yeah. No, I, right, I, I understand. You know what I mean? There it was. Felt, it was. It felt realistic. If you were it at was a party. Narr- it was. It was narratively adequate on a second. On an initial watch. I. I wasn't really it. I was icked out maybe with the motivations there, but on the second watch, I thought it was um, I thought it was better, and I thought told had told some good things about the characters. I also thought on first watch that it was uh, a little bit of salty. 
I did mm-hmm. not feel that way the second time around. She takes off his pants, like, and, right, right. and, and, and I was kind of like, and you notice she grabs his head and pulls him in. So it's, yes, 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 yes. There does seem yeah, to be some some moments of consent, but like before, yeah. I don't know. I I kind of felt like it was trading on some of the thing where it's like, <laughs> you, you know, she wants him, so this feels okay. But I'm like, yeah, yeah. but he just had that conversation. She he doesn't really know that. If you were if you were teaching one of those classes to um, freshman college students. This would not be like what you'd show them to be like, this is exactly this, this airtight. This is a perfect case. <laughs> right, right. I just want it to be more, I want it to be way more clinical. Right. I wanted them to pull out a contract and be like, yes, we both give enthusiastic consent. Get this notarized. Yeah, no, of course. Right. A sex notary. Yes. Yes. The ghost could notarize it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's why it's handy to have a ghost or two. In your house. Mm-hmm. So Ruby is, of course, the responsible sister. Is she the older sister? I think she is. And yes. Th- I think there's so. older sister energy in it. As an older sibling, I would say she has older older sibling energy. I don't know if she's the I don't know if she's the oldest or if she's the middle child, but I, I think she talks about my little sister is here, like in the first episode when she mm-hmm. when she sees her while she's performing on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Ruby is the is the more responsible and the more respectful one. She is she does some she's a singer too, which is kind of. Interesting, uh, or, or which is, yeah, it's funny when she's talking about her art, cool. her art, her artistic friends, and you're like, mm-hmm. Ruby, you're like the person we've seen the like the most explicit every, art from. Yeah, every episode you're in, you you like burn down the scene by, by singing some standards. It's great. Yeah, aren't these you people uh-huh. your people too? Who's in your band, Ruby? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, I think she represents, I think, a more um, what respectably middle class view of the world. You know, she. She is a she is a striver. She is someone who thinks that if she grinds hard enough, if she if she buffs that CV, she will eventually get to be a counter girl um, at uh, oh, where what uh, what story Marshall is Fields. It? Yeah, Marshall Fields. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and she even and uh, I, I all of us who are aware of people in the world, this this is a thing. She basically thinks that you know she explicitly say something like. I think if more people felt like me and acted like me, the race would be further ahead. And you're like, whoa. Yeah, she's definitely, I mean, she has like that middle class complacent worldview of social justice where she's just like, everyone needs to follow the rules harder and work better. And basically what you can do is you can be so competent that people have no choice but to reward you for your competence. But we're like, we know that's not true. Right, yeah, yeah. It's not true. Um, but I kind of do, I do understand. I think that she, I, I, I see some of myself in her in that um, it can be very, it can be very tempting to when things are bad and there are oppressive source of forces to turn your head back on the people who are on your side and mm-hmm. critique what they're doing because you have a captive audience there. Case in point, mm-hmm. it is... At this point, I'm basically like, if you're GOP, you're a Nazi, you're no good, you're not worth my time complaining about. But I will talk all day long about how I think Chuck Schumer is a real jerk, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yes, so I yes. think that there's also some of that. And I think that it's, uh, I think it's good, like you should, like I, I think it is is constructive to, you know, talk to the people and complain about the people who might be tempted or might be you could maybe force to change because you are their people. Like, you, you know, mm-hmm. every group should have critique. Otherwise, you're basically in a cult. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also think that there is like a, a safety in that because also those people won't throw you out. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, also then you don't really have to, like, face... I don't think that she wants to face necessarily that racism is just so mean and doesn't care so much that she will never be a Marshall Fields counter girl. Like, she's never going to be able to do that because people will never hire her because she's black, no matter how competent or, like, ideal for the position she is. Her CV is never going to make a difference. And that is, like, a bigger fear. So it's easier to turn on her own her own community and be like, well, if all of you just did what I did, then we'd all be, we'd all work mm-hmm. at our dream jobs. Like, we'd all have that. Yeah. And speaking, of, I mean, right, and speaking as someone who is ultimately privileged within our society, um, myself, um, when you, there is a certain amount of um, uh, the way one, uh, in our unequal society, when you have achieved some measure of success, you want to try and sort of maybe justify your success. You earned it. It's not because of unfairness or luck or right. anybody you had to step. And I'm not saying that Ruby is not like somebody who like pushed people down. But, you know, once you have a little bit of something, you want to anyone who wants to say, hey, you didn't earn that or that isn't your it, it, people respond violently to that. And any when you read things like um, biographies of Clarence Thomas or, um, you know, basically most of the prominent black Republicans sort of have this. Uh, have sort of this this view of the world and the way racism works. I think about um, our Kentucky uh, attorney general who's been in the news lately kind of saying broadly similar things. Um, and, and and I think some of that is a natural, natural reaction to um, uh, trying to say, no, 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 you know, to kind of sort of protect your gains, you know, kind of like psychological, psychological, metaphysical sense, right? You know, like, no, no. no. I, I, I earned this. This is good. All I have to do is keep doing this, keep being this great, and I'll continue to have success. Right. Well, and also, once you're, I mean, white people know this acutely, even if they don't recognize it all the time. But when you do have gains, be they hard won or um, kind of born into, and usually. <laughs> Handed to you. Yeah. yeah. And usually the answer is. Some of column A, a lot of column B. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. know, like, most, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, no one, almost nobody is a complete dip who gets to be the boss, but they're, they, they had help. <laughs> they had a lot of yeah, help. But there to are get a there. lot of cousins and son in laws in yeah, these jobs. Too. Exactly. Exactly. Failing up is an idea. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that there is also a, a piece of you that is sort of like, I can't admit that any of this is true because then that means that the jig is up and that I have mm-hmm. to admit that I don't really know what I'm doing and that I'm not, yeah. I don't, I am not the expert that I, that everyone has put me, told me that I am and I've put and put in a position of power over people because I am an expert. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's also like some protection in that. It's, it's not only that uh, you want to, you, you want to protect your ego it's also that mm-hmm. you, you are aware, even if it's subconsciously, that this is not fair and it's you don't want people to know that you know that. Mm-hmm. Then 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 the house of card falls, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I but I, I think that Ruby is not Ruby's not there yet. Like she has these mindsets, but she, you know, is working class. She is trying. She is she's doing the she's like pulling herself up by her bootstraps actively and it's painful Mm -hmm. to watch because you know it's not going to work out for her um but i will say that i did like so the i I think one of the best scenes in this movie in this movie in this episode this this film (laughs) this this feature film we watch 
is this picture. Is the haunted house picture. Is during the party where uh, they light the the racist neighbors light the cross on fire in their yard, and yeah. um, and I, I paid attention to this because I, I read some reviews and it seemed like people were like they got to get all the guns out of the house. I'm like, no, they stand in the front yard with the guns for a while. I thought that they were getting the guns. So like my read of that is. They, they bring the guns outside to, like, shoot anyone who's going to hurt them right away, right? Right. Or, like, to protect yes. their house, protect their community. And mm-hmm. then um, when the cops show up, they ditch the guns because they can't yes. be seen on their front lawn. Five black guys cannot be seen on their front lawn in a white neighborhood holding shotguns. Um, right. And yeah, no, that, that, that was my read as well. But you notice, like, Atticus does say, get the shotguns and get the keys. So he Mm -hmm. knows. So what's interesting about that is he knows that this is what, like, the the chain of events is going to be this. And you see that all of them, like, are very aware of that. And that is what's going to happen. And Ruby is the gun getaway car driver. Like, she Mm -hmm. is the person who's going to drive him away. So you kind of get the sense, like, maybe it's because she can play the games better, less likely to be discovered. But that's still a brave place to be. You know, to yeah. to uh, to aid and abet more um, more rowdy uh, protesters and people who are not going to put up with shit. Like she still is doing a an active and important role in that no, story. She's not one of these people that's like, my life is my protest. You know, no, she's doing work. So I think yeah. that that yeah. it makes her. And I like Ruby. Like I I feel for Ruby and I like her. I think that. Um, any person who is told that they're not good enough can relate to what she does. She's like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm going to make it undeniable that I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a very relatable good story. No, no, she's a rise and grind YouTuber for sure. You know, she's she's reading like biographies of like, you know, the autobiography of like Richard Branson or something that's like, I will apply this to my life, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Seven habits of highly effective. Pe- like, I'm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, she has what color is your parachute on her nightstand? Yeah. yeah. She- her podcast list is probably is hilarious, you know, just full of like motivating kind of. But I, I loved the that that there isn't much to say because it's just going to be us being like, I love this part. I also loved this part. But the burning cross, um, uh, Letty going lemonade on the cars um, is, is, is a great scene. That's going to be uh, th- that that's that's the scene where you take some clips, you make some get make some make some gifs and, uh, uh, you know, maybe 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 change change the music up, make a little anime music video out of it. But um, uh, I like that basically they see the burning cross and yes, they get the keys. But the first thing is they say where they, 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 they secure the children. Uh, then they get the guns. Then you get the keys. Um, and it's like, you know, this is not a drill. This is not a drill. It's go time. Um, and then all the guys outside with the shotguns has a very like um, any picture you've ever seen of like the Black Panthers or by any means necessary. Like they are ready to defend their community. Um, Letty, to, Letty gets to be. Um, gets to, to, to do her Beyonce turn and finally shut up those damn horns. Um, very cathartic and fun. And then, yeah, they, they ditch him in the trunk of the car. I, I wasn't really able to find it. This, this is such, it's such a cool, smooth thing that it makes you wonder, is this, do you know, is this a historically accurate, uh, like, is this a, is this the way it was, the way it was done? I don't know. Um, it's just not anything I ever thought of, but the idea of like, we have what we need to defend ourselves. Also, we're going to ditch it because having a bunch of armed people when the cops show up is not not going to turn out well for us. I guess it wouldn't surprise me if it's historically accurate. Yeah. I bet it would be hard to find sure, accounts sure. of this. I bet it was more yeah. like kind of, you know, just um, yeah, social yeah. norms at the time. Sure. And yeah, it's yeah. certainly so- social norms of people who uh, were not were not writing history books. Right. Sure. So yes, 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 yes. Who knows? Yes. 
Um, you'd, you'd probably have to interview uh, like black people who are alive during this time. Um, I to me it felt very modern. Uh, I thought that the car, uh, the the like bashing open the windows on the car oh, yeah. to me felt in pretty. And maybe it's just. I mean, obviously this was shot uh, before. You know the events in Kenosha and Minneapolis and Louisville and like, yeah, yeah, sure. any of the many other places I can name, um, mm-hmm. where that have now led to um, protests and and riots. But uh, to me, it felt very much like from an outside observer, you'd be like, "Ooh, she's like engaging very aggressively." But these people have been torturing her. Like oh, yeah. she Stop. is taking a bat to to. A means of torture for her and her community and her and her family and people living in her house for days. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely needed. So I thought it was sort of it felt good to me in that when people are like, "Well, I thought that Black Lives Matter, but then I saw a car was set on fire." Like, I'm like, "Oh mm-hmm. God!" Like, shut well, up. That stuff hate- doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> yeah, um, the equation of property with human life. The the yeah. the. The the sad part is though, right? The same kind of people who would see this and be like, you know, Slay Queen, you go, um, are also maybe the same. Or some some of the people who would think that this is cool are also kind of people who would be horrified by, you know, uh, torching a police cruiser in real life. So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a this is. I don't think Letty is under. This is a, an act of uh, frustration. I don't think she thinks this will make anything better and will probably make things worse. Yeah, but uh, but neither you know, neither sometimes do the, enough, enough enough is too much. En- enough know? is too much. But I, that's the same reason I think that people like vandalize cars during protests now. Like yeah, they're yeah. mad. Right. Yes. they're angry. It doesn't fix anything, but it is it is a it is a sign of the frustration and torture that they have been put on that has been put on them for for like fearing for their lives and stress. Like yeah, yeah. it makes absolute sense. So I really liked that. I also think like. The way that it's shot when the cops, they hear the sirens and they ditch the guns and then they immediately like, you know, uh, like, like kneel down, hands up. Like, that's just mm-hmm. such a part of our protest language now that yeah. I, it felt yeah. very modern to me. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's not based on historical yeah, sure, sure, sure. accounts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say it is interesting also. um even though Letty like does the work, it's interesting that both times the that bad things from the outside, both siege moments in this, Ruby is the one who expected it and reacts to it first. She's the one who sees the mm-hmm. burning cross first, and she's also when they when they like set up the cars and start like and the horns start blaring, mm-hmm. Ruby's like, oh here we go, like she mm-hmm. knows about it, <laughs> even though it, it, more so than Letty. Letty's like, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I also liked that kind of character traits. I felt like that felt um, true to them, and I thought that it uh, kind of gives uh, Ruby some moments of grace, where you realize mm-hmm. that even though she's sort of blind to her own upward mobility, uh, chances at upward mobility, um, she still is aware of how the world is. Mm-hmm. Like she does not, she is not seeing the best in white people. She is very aware that they are a threat to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, the, the, the blow up between uh, Ruby and uh, Letty um, also uh, kind of you find out that um, I, I, I guess you notice as you look at the credits. Did you know that Letty and Ruby don't have the same last name? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think isn't it? It's kind of commented on, I thought, in the first episode, too. Oh, is I, I if so, I missed it. Um, but it's interesting that they are not 
half sisters. She just let Letty for whatever reason does not did not does not use her mother's last name. Uh, speaking to the the trauma that uh, she feels she had, or you know the beef she has with her mom. But the at least Mama didn't pretend to be anything but selfish and bearing your guilt. Um, are are the main themes of that, and Ruby basically tells us what is going on with Letty right there. Yeah. Um. Does Letty know that she got the money from uh, Miss Ms. Braithwaite? No. She she thinks it's from the mom, right? Like. Yep. Like sincerely, yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is uh, I don't think you read this. I don't think you read the chapter of this in the book. That is. No, I that is true that is true to the story so that it must be leading i mean like really i think it just allows those braithwaites to have like fingers in all the the pies yeah, yeah pulling all the strings um yeah, yeah so i assume that there is there is going to be like more of that kind of machination um yeah but cool you want to talk about some ghosts i do some racism some evil doctors i do i have a lot about evil doctors um, oh, yeah, yeah. But to lead off, uh, I love that the theme of ghosts is carried even into the B plots. I love. I actually really liked uh, Hippolyta's uh, B plot, where like the, mm, the fact yeah. that they they are carrying that through. It would feel very wrong to have watched George die in the last episode and not touch down on that family again. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. you, it yeah. just would feel bad. So I'm glad it's there. And I like the idea of, like, Atticus as a ghost of George haunting Hippolyta. Like, and that bothers Because he's his son. <laughs> they make eggs the same way. But, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, they it's it's so funny, like, um, as uneven as the the previous episode was, um, just, like, the little things, like, the, like the cups upside down and right side up. And the, the awkwardness of constantly setting a place for George. Or, you know, or at least having an extra place for breakfast, you know, not quite being in mm-hmm. she, she has all the extra food. Uh, if I recall, it's sort of because Atticus is sort of over-functioning, but also I sort of got the sense of because she's cooking for fewer people. It doesn't really make sense because Atticus is there, but whatever. Um, the sort of, you know, she is not... She is... She, on a superficial level, she she is, without even thinking about it, functioning it like George is alive, even though she knows he's dead. Um, we also established that she's seen his body, which I think is important for the whole, like, is he alive? Is he dead? Where is he? What's going on? Kind of right. Thing. Right. Do they just, like, bury him in a shallow grave in the woods? No. Good. Yeah. Which does mean that Montrose must have ridden in the back seat with George's body. With, like, yeah, a for, dead body. Yeah. For days. They put it in the trunk. I don't, yeah, for, like, two days or something, right? Yeah. Ish. Maybe, yeah, maybe they, they drove through the night. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not great either way. Either way. Yeah. No, but uh, and no. also you have the through line of um, Dracula and Letty mm-hmm. as both undead creatures, like yeah. trying I... to fill a void. Like Dracula is always hungry. Letty mm-hmm. want, has a has this like desire to fill up her life with nice things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The blood of fun. I did think, yeah, I uh, I did like when uh, Dee and the other children at the party are in the basement fooling around with the Ouija board, which is always the coolest thing to do in a haunted house. Absolutely. Um, did you did you did you see what it spells out? It spells out George is dead. Yeah, yeah. George better come back, man. <laughs> Maybe not. I, Maybe not. I'm also really worried about her friend who's like, "Am I going to have fun on my trip?" No. Oh. Oh yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ghosts know, you know. 
Okay, do you th- is the spirits they're talking to, are they the good ghosts or the bad ghosts? That's a good question. I would assume the bad the good go- the bad ghost, but I don't know. It could kind of mm-hmm. go either way. Definitely the good ghosts still had sort of um, some dark energy and were a little bit malevolent, <laughs> like well, pulling the covers off Letty and stuff. Although maybe they were doing that because the boiler was trying to kill them. How great and creepy is that scene where you oh. see a dis- the disembodied, like, chopped arm pulls the sheet, and then that that face that's just had a... It, it looks like maybe, like, the lower jaw's been ripped off or something. Yeah. But it's just peak, those eyes peeking, and you're just like... I, it, it, it somehow is more upsetting because it's during the day. Like, it's just... Ugh. That is... It's straight up Shirley Jackson ghostery. Like, that is yeah, the kind of ghost very, very she creepy. does. It's so scary. Like, just thinking about it is making all the arms, all the hairs on my arms stand on end. <laughs> all the arms on my hair. Ah! Uh, stand the... on end. Like, it's so creepy and effective. I loved it. I loved it. I will now say things that are very obvious. I also think it's cool that the horrific ghosts are horrifying, not because they're, you know, like scary or bad, but because they are victims. They are they are yeah. they, they are victimized by medical experimentation. That's 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 a cool beat to put I in love, there. I love the idea because we have lots of I mean, medicine as a scary practice in horror is mm-hmm. usually not done right. Like, you'll be like, there's nothing scarier than a mental institution. You're like, actually, it's, like, really yeah. scary that we don't have more hospitals that focus yeah, yeah. on this is I actually the problem. I um, think that's why every every time you see a hospital or medical care in, in, in like, a in like a horror movie, it's always sort of a weird, like, 1960s kind of era. It's all, like, straight jackets and, like, weird squeaky gurneys. <laughs> right. Like, it's, it's usually not... It's it's not scary in real ways. Like you're like afraid yeah, yeah. that the doctor is going to give you like medicine. You're like, no, that's good. <laughs> like they you do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you lithium and make it so that you think differently now. <laughs> right. uh, These like, antipsychotics will alter your conception of reality. Right. Um, also, also, I think a lot of like sort of the like sadistic doctor wants to hurt you. Like a lot of that stuff is like not really like based in reality however however (laughs) this is definitely based in reality this is actually something that we should be fearful of um because it's been going on a long time um i did a a little bit of research uh just to kind of get my dates and and names yeah go yeah um but uh there was recently an article written where um this uh this uh anthropologist a a scholar was talking about how, uh, with the last name Washington, was talking, Henry, I think her name is Henrietta Washington, um, mm-hmm. was talking about how uh, this, like, kind of peop- doctors experimenting on black bodies goes back um, to the colonial age where sort of, like, therapy and research were sort of happening simultaneously, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that before you tried something on, a, before you, like, administered you... treatment to a white patient you need to experiment it on someone who's less who's less valuable in society so they would usually do it to slaves or um native americans that they would capture for this purpose <laughs> super super cool and then use like their findings to benefit others um the most famous example of this and the the example that should um should chill us to our core, especially anyone who has experienced gynecological medicine, is that basically a lot of our a lot of our tools 
and um, and sense of like what needs to be done to provide good gynecological care comes from one J. Marin Sims, mm-hmm. who uh, did a bunch of revolutionary work in this field, and he did it basically entirely on enslaved women. So mm-hmm. he would go to you know plantations, he would and he would like try stuff out gynecologically on slave women. Yikes. Yikes. That's awful. I think he invent he definitely invented the speculum, for example. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Marion Sims is a big deal. The father of modern gynecology. Um, he he has a statue that until very recently was uh just right in the middle of Manhattan. And yeah, now it's he, moved to a New York uh to where he's buried in New York. So it's not like mm-hmm. it got like torn down and like turned into iron ore. It still exists. Sure, sure. He it's it is impossible to defend Marion Sims. Um, he himself was a slave owner. Um, I read some things about, I think it was a medical school in South Carolina that basically was like, hey, look, guys, if you come to our school, you will have so much access to anatomical specimens that you will be such a good surgeon <laughs> when you graduate, which is like a ghastly thing, right? They basically were like, hey, you can come down here and operate on slaves like all day and you're going to get so good. It's going to be great. Um, so this was like total, this was something everybody was very, uh, was pretty upfront about. Um, and Sims, um, one of, he was, he's doing this in the 1840s, 1850s. Um, so, you know, pre-Civil War. Um, and he wrote his own autobiography. Obviously, that's done to say, but he, 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 we have his autobiography where he talks about feeling, quote, indebted to the enslaved women. And he says, you know, this, of course, in respect that he got their consent um, and one of the women, the first woman that he performed a um, uh, recto vesiculo vaginal fistula repair on was a woman named um, Anarka, which is one of the names of the victims of um, of Dr. Epstein in the, in this episode, mm. which I thought was super on cool. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, anyway, we still it's and just hard modern, to know. Also, yeah, can modern, an enslaved person give consent? So hilariously. So I also did some reading about him. Um there, there are people who have written opinion pieces in the New England Journal of Medicine, which is like the biggest D-list, you know, um, where they're like, well, you know, he did get consent from their owners, which was all that was legally necessary at the time. Oh, good. <laughs> like that's, great. Yeah, that's not, not great. He, of course, retrospectively says that he that he did seek consent and that I would perform no operation without full consent and never perform any that would, in my judgment, jeopardize life or produce greater mischief of the injured organs. He also was like, hey, and you know, um, when I did surgery on them, I would let them like I, I would take responsibility for their for their ownership and feeding and housing them. So, you know, he sounds like a really, 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 really cool guy. guy. This. But but anyway, I, I bring all of this up only to say that really only to say that, you know, he is another one of these men who is not necess- not anymore. He is unlike Lovecraft, not racist even for his day, but is just as racist as is normal yeah. for people of his day class. And, and that it is that, 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 that's monstrous. But and you, I feel like you can see this because when he talks about it, he has to kind of like rose tinted a little bit. Right. I mean, and who knows? Maybe he maybe he was very, you know, uh, trying to get consent or anything. But like you, I don't think you'd say a bunch of this stuff if you weren't like trying to kind of if you didn't control have where it's going. Weird feelings about it. If you didn't know that what you had did, done was, was yeah, it was like sort of wrong. right, right, right. And he's 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 one of these people where like they still use techniques he's invented, like you know, in the in the middle part of the 1800s. Um, but he also founded the first hospital for women in the United States, and people thought he was a quack and a fraud for doing that. <laughs> um, 
so he's a he's a he's a real he's a he's a piece of work um you know obviously uh, obviously doing terrible things um yeah well, and then also like inventing things that are you know inventing modern stuff to quote the whitest thing imaginable uh down with love the movie down with love <laughs> Uh, some some bad Nazis make do good science. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, oh my God. yes, yeah. just because we benefit from knowledge yeah. about what the human body can and cannot take, right? Yeah, from like, and people who are not ethical did that research doesn't mean we should be like bravo. Ends justify yes. the means. That's wrong. It's yes. bad. Yes. Like. And I and I think it kind of like it continues in our healthcare system to this day. We kind of have this belief that like uh, that like poor people or people who can't like pay for their healthcare, whatever that means, since it's all very mysterious. Um, like how how much does it cost to get a bypass surgery? No mm-hmm. one really yeah. knows the answer to that question. Like it's yeah. very difficult to get an answer to that question. We yeah. kind of get the sense that they like owe us. You know, like, oh, if they get like shoddy care or like we try going to try out something experimental on them, eh, it's OK. Like, whatever. They yeah. can't pay for it. They can't pay for like safety. That's awful. It's totally yeah, horrible. This, yes. Thinking, I, man, we're on the same wave. Like me thinking about Sims and um, medical experimentation made me kind of think about the way we think about modern teaching hospitals. Mm. Right. They're usually the big universities. And it's. I think, I mean, in general, I, at least the dogma would be that people get pretty good, get get actually quite good care there, which maybe is just a testament to uh, maybe just how how bad or how, how much we don't measure health outcomes in, in the United States, um, really. You know, you, you know what I mean, where it's kind of like, well, if it turns out that like letting people letting people learn with supervision, of course, um, on you is is just as good or better than people who have been in practice for a long time like that. that seems that doesn't that doesn't feel correct does it <laughs> it doesn't yeah. feel like it, it like it just doesn't make sense but yeah the the or the idea of you know anybody who's ever um uh like like the idea of like oh are you poor and you need dental care well just go to the dental school you can like wait in line a whole lot and uh maybe some student or something will like mess around with your teeth right yeah, yeah. like it's 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 not it's not great i mean that's that kind of story kind of goes into Henrietta Lacks story, which has rose, which has risen in um, public consciousness. Thank goodness. But Uh it was this woman who had cancer and uh, the doctors harvested um, some of her cancer cells from a biopsy. And that is now like kind of her cells and the information they got from it now is like the fundamental basis of how we do certain cancer treatments. Right. Yeah, she um it's actually an immortal cell line. They were able to keep it alive in culture, like without uh without most cells will just sort of die after a while. Um and in fact her the only way her family found out about it was until 1975 when her this cell line probably because of the nature of the cancer she had um would invade other cell lines. So you'd be like doing doing experiments and you'd be using cells from this line and they would like invade the other plates and stuff. So they they, they kept hitting up her family or her her you know descendants and stuff for blood tests i say descendants but like this is 20 years later but you know hitting them up for blood for blood samples and they're like what's going on and they had to finally and, and finally they had to come come clean about about the gila uh, line they were like look here's the deal oh we gosh. have been using uh you know we've been using your aunt's cells a lot and uh we just want to kind of see what see, see what why maybe they are this way by looking at what why your cells are the way they are 
Yeah, which to this day, the her certainly she didn't, and her family hasn't uh, received any remuneration for this. Correct. Right, right, right. And so now just, the f- so just because yeah. she it was it, just because like I just very much doubt that they would have done that to someone who wasn't black. Like I don't, I don't yeah. think, I don't think you do that <laughs> to to uh, you know rich white people. I don't think so. Yeah. Like. If only because yes. they have suing power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, pro- I think that's probably right. Now, in the 50s, apparently, you you could just take people's cells and, like, not tell them and it was fine. Uh, you know, like, that's apparently what they say the way it is. Of course, uh, surely the Lax family would not be treated the way they were uh, if they were if they were white. But something that is unrelated. Well, it's related, but not directly. There is a California Supreme Court case called Mamur versus Regents of University of California. And this is a guy who was treated for leukemia and the researchers at the University of California um, took his cells and they um, did stuff with it. And they commercialized the cell line, which means they made money from like selling, you know, stuff from the cell line. And he took it to the California Supreme Court and um, they basically said, yeah, you know, um, a patient's discarded blood and tissue samples are not their own personal property. And you don't have any right to share in the profits earned from the commercial products or research derived from your own cells. And this ruling was handed down in, uh, I think, 1990. So pretty much ever since then, this is seen as precedent or at least a kind of a good a good reason to be like, hey, you don't those cells, those things that are you that you slough off, those those don't belong to you. Those those can belong to a company that can like who could sue other companies for stealing your thing that they stole. Yeah, that's great. Which is chilling. Can you imagine? What what a mess. Terrible. Terrible. (laughs) Um, You you know how you think your blood belongs to you? Turns out it doesn't. Once it's out of your body, uh, that's just reckless abandonment. (laughs) Actually, Um, once it's out of your body, it definitely belongs to us. We will sue people who try to take it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And then, of course, like probably the most famous example of just like wanton cruelty and uh, breaking the Hippocratic Oath is the Tuskegee uh, Civil Society. Oh, yeah. Where they just infected a bunch of otherwise healthy African-American men with syphilis and then did not give them the antibiotics, which for like a full mm, almost 30 years uh, were known to be able to cure syphilis. Uh, they just kind of let them run amok and yeah. uh, saw what happened to them, kept track of them. So what would happen if you just didn't treat syphilis? Mm-hmm. Like wildly cruel. <laughs> wildly cruel. Like, what are you, know, you doing? I, it's, it's like you, I laugh on the it's the laugh because you have not tears. Like, it's, it's if you may if if you made this up, people would be like, I mean, that seems a little excessive, doesn't it? You, that, that you know, if th- these were fictional things, people would be like, that's over the top. You can't. Right, no right, one's right. going to believe that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it beggars belief. Yeah. The, yeah. It's it blows. It blows one's mind, mm-hmm. um, especially considering these people, as far as they know, were getting better. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they were they believed that they were receiving um, health care at during yeah. this time. So, you know, who knows how many people they gave syphilis to? Yeah. Yeah. No, Unbeknownst yes. to them. Like, that's crazy. How many people like we probably can't know how many people were suffered and died because of this. Yeah. Or har- harmed by it. Yeah. 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 yeah it's unbelievable. Crazy. Yeesh. 
So, so, okay. So in light of this, right, we have laid it out. Um, uh, there is shameful and recently shameful things that American medicine has I, done. I, I mean, right? Like the mortality rates for black people versus white people are, right. are bleak to right. see. Yes. We just don't, I feel like all of these things have kind of equaled out and they've done studies about this where they're just like, yeah, a, there is a inherent bias where a lot of white people just don't think that black people perceive pain the same way white people do to the same degree. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> like well, come and, on. And some of uh some of um Marion Sims defenders have said that, you know, when he was doing all this unanesthetized unanesthetized surgery on these uh on these black women, um, you know, at that time they, they there was some thought that maybe black people just didn't really feel pain. And you're like <laughs> And like, what a bunch of self-deceptive bullshit, right? Like, if you're a, if you have slaves and you keep in line by like whipping them and threatening them with harm, you know they feel you know they feel pain. That's the if point. You're, if you're listening to these women scream, you know that they're feeling pain. Right, right, yeah. I, you know, I very and, much doubt that there were like just stoic tears rolling down their cheeks. Like, come on. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Yes. Um. But anyway, so I would I would posit that. Uh, I think this is symbolically beautiful, but I don't know if I agree with it. In this episode, right, we um, – and, and it's, it's, it's handled in a great way. Um, it looks really cool where basically uh, the, um, the evil Dr. Epstein, um, uh, you know, possesses um, Atticus and he's like choking Letty and she calls up the victims. She names them. She says, you're not dead yet. You can still fight. They appear uh, – Epstein is sort of cast out of Atticus and manifests and he 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 is made to confront the people he has abused and um, they they basically like chant and they send him to hell. I mean, right. Like, is yeah. basically what happens. Yeah. And uh, the music is is great. Um, it is not misused as has been in previous episodes. Um, but 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 right. Like, is the point here that we can sort of like overcome the malign influences of a. Uh, of like a racist specter by naming them and exposing their crimes. I, I think that it, right. Wouldn't you say that's kind of like symbolically what, what happens? Yeah, no, of course. And of that, course. And, and, and of course that can, that can be therapeutic and that is good, right? We shouldn't. It's keep better it than nothing. But it's like, better than, it's better than not doing that. I mean, right, like but we are, but we that's are not better as a culture for knowing who Henrietta Lack is. We right. do not make up for the pain um, and like just kind of like unfair treatment that her family has experienced because of right, it. Right, right. And, and and I think with Henrietta Lack, you know, it's a little bit more abstract because it's not, you know, like she's not. She wasn't tortured. Exactly. Right, nobody like cut her arm off for no reason. Right, right, right. It, but right. That like, is that enough? I think that we. I'm not I'm not really criticizing the show. I'm just saying that. You know, it it's symbolically that, good and it fits with ghosts yeah, right. like but, that. But, I mean, like but that's, acknowledging that's, that's a the, ghost humanity is usually how you you free a ghost. Yeah, right. but, like, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like John Hopkins doesn't need to like write a bunch of apology letters to every person. You, you know what I mean? That's not that's not you're like, that's great. But like, yeah, unless he's going to tuck <laughs> a nice fat check in there, too. Right. And, 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 OK, but even then. Yeah. You know, like and, and maybe 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 there are some maybe the stuff you just like, can you ever make up for the Tuskegee experiment? I, I don't think you really can't. Like, I don't think so. No. It's not. No, you know, you can. Well, 
You can you can make strides. You can absolutely you can absolutely learn the lesson from it and never do something like that again. But no, you cannot you cannot right. make up for the fact that you killed a bunch of dudes for no you killed and or tortured a bunch of dudes for kind of no reason. Especially since that, you already knew how to cure what they had. Right. And then I think also that like doing the whole like name and shame thing, then you get into you can get into rogue agent thing too, right? Where like Marion Sims, the father of modern gynecology, I mean, he did bad things to black people. But, I mean, he was a, he he was a lone lunatic and also a genius. So he did, you, you know, so like maybe it evens out like, no, he was he was just the most talented and significant of all the other people who were doing exactly that. Some of whom we I mean, we records are probably good we probably can't figure out who those other people were but you know what i mean though that like he was he was probably par for the course not he was a person of his time not and right, not right. racist and, for his time yeah right right and by and by and, and doing this sort of like name and shame thing it becomes like well you know if you're if you're not the if you're not on the list like you're probably fine right <laughs> i suppose you, you know I mean, I mean? but like i think it's more about not, the the victims names which are important like because i think sure. you also have yes, an element of course. Yeah, this element where he's working with this this crooked police chief and that person is like disappearing uh Oh, no, no, no. Sure. specimens for him. So I think it's more I think it's more in line. Once again, very modern. It's say their names. It's Brianna Yeah, no, Taylor. no, no. No. It's no, 100%. I mean, yes. Like, yeah. Yes, people who have been robbed of their humanity by society and then robbed of their humanity by being treated like lab rats and then are literally ghosts who we think are scary and terrible and are robbed of their humanity by being ghosts can regain the humanity. Yeah, I, I think it's good. Yeah. And that's why they that, become whole at the end. Like it 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 works. Yes. Yeah. It okay. works, but yeah, it's it's hard. Like the the honest answer is like for any of those people or people or you know, any of those fictional people and or very real people who suffered uh, for medical advancement. We can't make it up to them. Of course we can't. Right, right. Yeah. In, again, maybe it only works in the context of this episode because, you know, if 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 naming the abuser, naming the or na- naming the victim or the, the person who was wrong, because, I th- you know, we don't even have to like the whole victimize or victimized mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, if um, if that's all it takes for them to be made whole and to ascend and find peace, maybe that would be fine. But that's that's dealing in, in in a realm that we we in the real world don't actually have any access to. Wait, you're saying that you don't believe go in ghosts? What? <laughs> I'm just no, I'm just saying we don't know that. I'm just saying that that I need a bunch of guys justice. with backwards baseball caps to go around with like electromagnetic field detectors and, and prove to me that, that's right. Yeah, I, I think just another takeaway is just that you know, medicine is modern medicine is good. Modern medicine is great. Modern medicine also has a weird way of depersonalizing people by making them problems and collections of organs. And uh, it is a, I think it's a continuous process to make sure that everyone is doing, doing a good and correct job. Yeah. And we have certainly a a far way to go when it comes to racial bias in medicine. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So I have a, I have a, I have a very, um, a, a relatively light question based on that. So based on the way the people looked, the ghosts, and the way that they heal, what kind of experiments do you think this guy was doing? And I, I don't know that there's a like a right or wrong answer exactly. But like, okay, so like specifically, the basketball player. It's a it's like a basketball player with like a baby's head. Frankenstein is what I got. You think? Because yeah. I think I think he's doing something with de-aging or immortality. Oh. Because the basketball player just becomes a regular guy. And then that dude who's like, is he a baseball player or something? Who like kind of looks like he's a kid. 
Oh, but yeah. like also with like a man and, and he, like there is, you know, because I was like, oh, is the basketball player going to be like holding the baby whose head he like? Yeah. What, what, what about the baby? Yeah. And there, weren't, and there weren't like a big upsetting like stitch marks. You're right. I bet it is yeah, de-aging. So, that, that's yeah, smart. That's like, or something. Or I think it ties in with the whole Winthrop thing at the end where it's like he was trying to be immortal or, yeah. you know what okay, I mean? Like, that makes some, sense. Some sort of, that's what I think. That's and then I think there's lots of just like the the ability to keep people alive after horrible things have happened to them. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe that too. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that there's that sort of stuff. Like the woman, the the crawling woman who looks like she doesn't have most of her limbs and also like her head is yeah. just like severed. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You. I, yes. I was kind of yes. what that reminded me of is that famous headless chicken that they mm-hmm. like cut. They cut enough so that you had enough of the brainstem to keep it alive. So I think it was like. You, I think we have some Nazi, like, the the limits you can push a human body to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Definitely yeah, that woman that he just, like, ripped the baby out of her. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's something. That that, 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 that also, I mean, I mean, it's, they must know. I mean, obviously, they, they've done their homework. They know more than we do, surely. But uh, that, that, to me, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's Marion Sims. Yeah, but that like that's what that is making me. You know, that's what that's, that's about. What that's about. Yep. Oh, I would I would suspect that because they spend you see their faces, which of course you do, because like the whole thing is that we're naming victims, so like you have right, to right. look at them. But like you see them in turn, so I'm sure, I'm sure that you can you can map those people to representations of. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it would not surprise me if we had like a syphilitic individual. Oh in sure, that mix. yeah, yeah, yeah. This must be yeah, yes. Um, and their names are. Betsy, Philip, Lucy, Jasper, Anarka, Rufus, Grover, and Olivia. Yeah. yeah. I thought, um, I also kind of, apropos of what we talked about before with Letty, right? The, the, the pipe busts, they lose their protective marks. Letty's makeup is all gone. She looks, she, 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 she emotes very, in a very raw way. Lots of like close in on her face. It's very much like Tony Collette in uh, Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, with like like horror and pain and shock and anger and like it, it, it's it's an amazing it's 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 such a good part. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, too. And I like that you because you, there are two other people in that room with her at that point. We mm-hmm. assume you have the priestess yeah. and you have Atticus somewhere. Right. Right. Uh, presumably since it's Lovecraft, they're they're they fainted. Yeah, they, they, they've been fainted. They're fainted. They, they're fainted. Um but uh, I like that we don't even we don't get the release of seeing that they're okay. We just like get a very like we 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 pull in tighter on Letty is like what mm-hmm. we do, you know. So I, I I enjoyed that. I thought that that was very effective and well, made it and clear it, what the story was about. And I think in a in a different in a if this was just a horror movie, um, Atticus and the priestess probably could just die. It'd be okay, you know. It'd be, it'd be oh right, okay. oh, definitely the priestess would have died. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think the only reason I mean, we, we see Atticus later. We know that he's OK, but like I guess we don't I know think... that she's OK, but I we, we do, because otherwise then you'd have to, like, get rid of her body and like right, right. We and there's right. no we way know, she's know... down in the in the satanic sub 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 basement with the yeah. with the uh, racists. Like, there's no way they'd put her down there. So, yeah, it, it, it almost I think just just in passing, I do like that the that the the men who decided to ruin Letty's life by by having their cars blare horn or the the horns on their cars blare in her front yard for you know days which is like exactly the the exact kind of stupid like like you know suburban terrorism that you would do 
where because like they must it, it's, it must be miserable for all the people who live around Letty too, right? Like this, yeah, no, this know, is not fun for anybody. But they it's, don't. It's that's how right, it's, hard they hate. They don't care. Right. Also, but also, it's not even just that. It's that nobody will stop us from doing this. And like yeah. that, that I think is maybe the real t- like. It, yeah, it's pain in the neck, but it's also like look. Even though this is even though this is a pain for everybody, no one's gonna stop us. Everyone is on our side. You are surrounded. Never forget that. I yeah, you know, I think that's the real like. Well, and that's the feel we get from the cop too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like even yeah. the, and the cop is the one who tells her he's like he's like not only not only are your racist neighbors making you feel terrible, black bodies have been mutilated and died in that yeah. house. Like yeah. you're you won't be the first black you're person next. to be killed. Yeah, yeah, in yep. that house, yep. like horrible, unbelievably horrible. What do you love, Craft? <laughs> I. Lovecraft, the uh, in okay. So first of all, the book, mm-hmm. the book is not good, and this chapter I found particularly to be a total snooze. We don't get mm-hmm. any character development from Letty. There are no black ghosts. All of that stuff is new. All that stuff is oh. new. Oh wow! There are no black ghosts. There are no medical stuff. All that stuff is new. Uh-huh. Um, and all the big scares are off screen. Um, basically, mm-hmm. what and and kind of the climax of it is Letty gets to so Letty is haunted by a racist ghost who like ruins her dresses and like does almost throw her down the elevator shaft. That's like the scariest uh, yeah, thing that's... that happens. Everything sure. else happens off page. Mm-hmm. Like we don't get to see. So these guys break into the house and basically the ghost is like, well, I guess I love this house more than I hate Letty, so I will protect you. <laughs> But he doesn't kill so he's, any. So he's not, he's not very good at being a racist ghost is what right. you're telling me. Well, but he doesn't kill any of them. So like, and Letty is not even in the house when this happens. She's like out. Oh. And she comes home and the cops are there and they're like, yeah, we found like two really scared white guys in your basement. And then also this guy who is not decapitated, but his head is like trapped. Like he's like, he's like somehow trapped in the elevator, but not dead. And so when the guy got decapitated, I was like, yes, like, don't pull those punches. First of all, if you had scared white dudes living in a, in a racist mid-century house of a black woman, those cops would arrest her immediately. Like, yeah, what are like, you what did, what did, what did talking you do? about? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and also at the end, uh, basically, the ghost agrees to, like, live beside Letty because she beats him at chess. It's the stupidest oh. thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah, it's that, very that, lame. That's... But I love craft that everything in this is smart and better. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like the story is smarter. The story is scarier. The social critique is sharper. We understand mm-hmm. and love Letty more than we did before seeing this. Like, what a great job just like pushing source material off the table when it's not useful to you and being like, let's actually make this compelling and exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. So great. Um yeah. What did, uh, oh, I also I also thought that the last scene, which we don't have to talk about too much because it's it's hardly mm-hmm. the point of this episode, but with uh, Christina, um, was better than yeah. anything that happened in episode two. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I agree. Yes, yes. The, the 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 magic was subtle, but like but like a, I, I almost wish it was a little bit more upsetting. They could have like tried to go for some camera work or some musical cues there to make it seem yeah. you know make make Atticus point the gun at himself. I don't know something like that. Yep. Um. But, uh, yes. But it's, like, subtle. I mean, it's so, I mean, like, it's so scary. Like, nothing is happening, really, in that scene. Right. It's a man pointing a gun at now nothing. And Mm -hmm. it was a black man pointing a gun at nothing and a white woman opening blinds that he previously closed. To be like, 
so that the world can see a black man threatening a white woman and she right. knows that they will fall on him like, you know, right. a ton of bricks. Well, um, and it's even like, and, and even where she's like, you, don't you know you can't go around killing white women? Like, yeah, it's you almost need to like, be smarter. I don't, yeah. I don't even need to use magic. Like, you're, you're screwed anyway. Society will take care of you. Yeah. I thought you, that you was know, right? like, like way better yeah. than anything. Like, and I always kind of wonder if I didn't like episode two so much because a lot of the power of the Braithwaites are that they're sort of mysterious. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I thought that this was the best. Second would be her appearance in episode one. Right. Yeah. Like it's better mm-hmm. if they're kind of like they're kind of like these like Svengali creeps. No, no. The minute they start like chucking fireballs or like, you know, like yeah. sealing doors. It, yeah. It, Stupid. Yes. Yes. The magic should be. Yes. And yeah, I agree with you 100 um, percent. What did you love craft? Oh, man. I <laughs> all I wrote is Letty is the best. Yeah. I uh, no, I, I, I uh, and really what I love crafted. Uh, especially was that I was kind of afraid that maybe we had uh, miscalculated. And um, so I liked that, that this, that this episode was so good. Um, I think that, uh, I think that maybe the first episode is sort of like better at setting up things and having beautiful, like juxtaposition, juxtaposition of racism. And, you know, you know, some of those scenes on the road trip are really good, but I feel like this one is a better sort of horror story or a better piece of genre fiction or something. Um, uh, so I, I thought it was really good, but no, I just, any, Letty, Letty is head and shoulders best. She's my favorite. She's now my new favorite character. And, uh, I, I thought that this, this was a story that was tight and compact, but rich. And, um, this is a perfectly satisfying episode of TV and does not get into all that weird prestige TV, like bloat where you got, you know, you have to watch six episodes to really get any handle on, like you could show somebody this, they could know nothing else. Some of the you know weird through line stuff might be ambiguous, but it it's it 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 brings it. It's a monster of the week, and I love it. Yeah, um, I don't have much that I hate craft about this. I do have some small quibbles, some small sure, quibbles. Sure, sure. Yeah, and what do you they're, hate craft? They're, they're basically like, and they're all about the effects, which makes me feel like a real oh. a real jerk bag. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that when the pictures turn into Epstein's face, I was like, this is some like, are you afraid of the dark? Like. Weird stuff. It's it's effective. I like the idea of it. The execution of it, I think, is a little bit like. I yes, I agree with you. I think it's awesome that she notices that there are the streaks on the pictures she's been taking around the house because it gives a shutter. But you know, like that's cool. And I like that she assembles it. I wanted to be able to kind of see it on the floor. Um, and I get that they're going for a like Vigo the Carpathian sort of thing. You know, where it's supposed to come alive. But he yeah, he's too cartoonish. It would be. They made it too weird. Um, like, all you had to do was have it sort of form into a face, and then the face, like, looks at her and speaks to her. That would be scary or not as hell. Even, or not even speaks at her. Like, if you had, like, a face and it looked like it was, like, dead, you know, like, or mm-hmm. just, like, s- like static. Yeah. And then yeah. suddenly it's, and, like, maybe its eyes were closed or maybe its eyes were, like, off to the side, and then it looked up at her and, like, smirked yeah, yeah. at her. That would be yeah. so scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be yes. so scary. And it was just, like, too much, like, get out! Like, I was like, this is, this get is. Get out of my house! It felt yeah. like a, like, a tween, like, like yes. horror yeah. anthology series to me, and I just, like, didn't like it. I also, I like, I like this better now that I, I think it, I think you're absolutely right that it's about anti-aging. I thought the baby-headed ghost 
really stretched my suspension of disbelief in a way that I did not care about. <laughs> they, I they, wouldn't have they, minded if he was just in the circle at the end, but I thought that there were better, creepier, more effective ghosts yes, we could have yes. had off the racist no, who broke I, into her house. I, I agree. I feel like they loved the baby-headed uh, basketball player a little bit too much, and we yep. could have stood to see some of the other ones. Yes. Like, yep. there's that guy who looks like he's all, like, like poked through with pipes or something. Yeah, we that would have been here? that would have been cool. Like basically any of the other ones I was more interested in. Yeah, should have given every ghost their chance to shine. Every ghost should have had a moment just as scary as the jaw ripped off man. Uh, yeah, the ghost who's sa- or the uh, jaw ripped off woman. Um, is it woman? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a woman. We, we should, and yep. Difficult to tell. Difficult to tell. <sighs> right. Well, but, you know, most of her the... face is gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um the uh the second scariest ghost is the is the girl who runs the elevator <laughs> in mm-hmm. my opinion i also like the <laughs> i also like the shower ghost yeah um, yeah 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 they're all good the baby headed ghost is my is my least favorite um mm-hmm. so i they they got a lot and i also felt like there was like sort of a tension release it's scarier when the baby is crying but when the baby kind of like cheers up i was like am i supposed to think this is like funny yeah. I don't know. It was like a tonal <laughs> shift that I was like, no, I should be. And maybe it was supposed to make me feel better. Like they were worried. They're like, are people going to wonder if it's OK that we're killing these racists? And I'm like, I am totally fine with you killing these racists. Please kill these racists. Like, please. Yes. Yeah. Please yeah. do that. So maybe it was like kind of a calculation on that point, which I, I just think is not needed. But I don't Sidetrack. Know. Sidetrack. When that elevator, right, I, I, I think it's handled, handled masterfully. I like it that we see that Letty is now like a woke girl boss landlord, which, yeah. you know. right. Well, and also what, honoring what Ruby said. Like, she knows yes, that true. Ruby was right, that, she, like, mm-hmm. by by talking about, by talking this big game about pioneering and stuff, she should be helping people um, who need right. Who need help assistance with their rent? Like, yeah, she's I'm right. just I'm just saying, unless it's free, she's still a landlord. But uh, so, <laughs> you know, we see that she has made it. She's being interviewed. And uh, then the uh, right. They get in the elevator and then whatever happened to the bodies. And she's like, basically like, what are you even talking about? Right. And then it goes down and we see the like lit up like like glyphs or something on the wall. Did you did. I thought that we were just going to that the elevator was just going to take us to see hell. <laughs> I thought we oh, were going to see yeah. the like. I thought we were going to see the the three racists and and the doctor like writhing in hellfire. And it would be like, yeah, of course, this elevator, it's a ghost elevator. It also goes to hell. That would have been cool. I mean, like, I love <laughs> I can't imagine loving what they did more, anything yeah. than what they did more. Because I thought it was like that would probably creepy. be a little bit much. Yeah. And also yeah. I was like, I was like, how many sub areas does this house have? It has at least three. Like, whoa. Do they do- you're like, we know they have flush toilets, so where are the pipes? <laughs> I also am like, I particularly love any um, any indication of what's like hidden beneath. So I love mm-hmm. when you're going down and you like see like dinosaur bones, for example. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, sure. I thought sure, that that's yeah. really, really you're, fun. You're, and, and you're a big incredible cross sections kid. Yeah, I understand. I'm absolutely an incredible cross sections kid, and I just like I love like the idea of like one like wondrous horrifying incredible things hidden hit just hidden out of view but in like otherwise completely mundane areas like under your house Mm -hmm. right like that's awesome and you know any kid who has like dug a big hole in their backyard knows what i'm talking about Uh um (laughs) yeah so i thought that that was really cool and i think it's also fitting that like i mean we assume that those bones are the bones of the um yeah the victims the victims and now 
those races. Yep. What I don't know is I don't know if Letty knows they're down there or not, or if the ghosts just were like, "We'll take care of this." <laughs> like, oh, did the elevator yeah. take them? Like, Actually, can, does you know, that elevator really go there? You know, I think I misread the scene. I assume she knew they were dead and maybe pitched them. But like, she probably doesn't know there's like a weird catacombs. Yeah, she probably has no idea. Well, and it's 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 played wonderfully ambiguously because I watched it again and to pay attention. And she kind of looks at her and I I think it go either way. I think either she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, where it's like, like, she's like, yeah, I dragged those. (laughs) I dragged those mofos down there myself. I threw threw those guys in the creepy catacombs underneath my house. (laughs) <laughs> um, Did you know that the ro- that the murder room with the floors rain isn't even the creepiest part of my house? <laughs> yeah, totally. Or it could be sort of like being like, why would I know anything about my white neighbors? They don't talk to me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're not. No, I don't. I don't care. Like mm-hmm. not my problem. Not my problem. Yeah. Um, so I think it could go kind of either way. It does give her pause though, which I can't mm-hmm. decide if it's something where she like must kind of secretly know that something must have happened to them in her house. I mean, she definitely came upstairs and like saw the window was broken and stuff. Sure, but she doesn't really know the details. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I like. Yeah, I, I, I'm suddenly coming around. I like the read where she maybe doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, we know from the trailer, from like the the series trailer, mm-hmm. that Atticus like Indiana Jones is down into yeah. like a catacomb. So I'm wondering if that's where they're gonna go. Yeah, I would assume. One, I mean, right, like the whole Winthrop House thing. One assumes that whatever these missing these mis- these pages, this book, we must have these pages back. Um, yeah. One assumes that the pages are somehow connect connected the house and probably down in the like in the Cthulhu catacombs underneath, and mm-hmm. they'll probably go down there at some point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So. You want to know what I hate craft? Yep. Montrose Freeman. <laughs> You're like, do something interesting. Don't just Michael out. Kenneth Williams. What are you doing? No, yeah. I like, you know, not only, okay, so, you know, right, like, I I understand that we have this sort of, um, and I think it's an okay theme of, like, family trauma or whatever, but he seems just sort of useless and angry um, and kind of we- weirdly confrontational with Atticus in a way that isn't great he also says terrible lines of dialogue like uh you want us to tell them that wizards exist <laughs> which is not i mean <laughs> i understand the wizards that, you know. is like the least of your concern i feel well also like, but... also though like i got the wizards you know you call them wizards but i don't you know horror do you call them wizards are you like i mean like if we were if we were talking about it about the previous episode which we will not talk about um, would you be like, he was an old bad wizard. There were some wizards and they were doing wizard things and they were hurting people. It, it, uh, it just feels it, 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 real bad. Um, he is supposedly a drunk, but that just kind of means he's got a hip flask. I mean, this is this is HBO. If he's supposed to be like some sort of like falling down alcoholic, if he's a man tortured by demons or something, well, you, not not literal demons. I mean, maybe literal demons, but you, you know, what I mean? we, we, we could we could go there. But he just seems kind of uninteresting. We saved the wrong brother from the from the house. Mm-hmm. Um, also, maybe it's because all of his parts uh, or a lot of his parts kind of communicate with episode two parts, which. But, yeah, it, it just feels like a waste. I, I, I had high hopes um, when we saw the Count of Monte Cristo, which I then immediately said, oh, yes, the man in the Iron Mask, identifying a different Alexander Dumas work. Um, Alexander Dumas, famous mixed race person at a time yeah. where, yes. where if right. you were mixed race, you tried not to make that part of your fame. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, and his, uh, wait, hold on. It was his, was his, his dad was a big shot. Was his dad one of Napoleon's marshals or something weird like that? Yeah. There was a book that I meant to read about, about Alexander Dumas' dad that I did not read, but a big, 
interesting, fascinating, fascinating guy, fascinating family. But I, I realize I misidentified it. But all the same, um, as far as we can tell, the Count of Monte Cristo defines his life, but like only in a like weird like digging out of jail kind of way. So I don't just do something with him, please. Can we please get something or not? Just the, why is he in the show? That's what I hate, Craft. Fair. Fair. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm missing George. Mm-hmm. I miss him so much. Although, oh, okay, yes. But here's the thing, right? You and I both think they're going to bring him back. We, we mm-hmm. have all this resurrection everything. I'm going to get tired of them, like, constantly talking about, like, like if, if he doesn't get brought back until, like, the next to last episode, but we have to hear about Uncle George every episode, like, I, I'm going to get tired of it. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I mean, it makes sense. Like, this is, like, the second, like, this is the morning period. Um, I'm curious. I haven't watched the trailer for uh, for episode four yet, um, mm-hmm. but we also get some hints in this episode that Hippolyta has found that, like... Um, oh, yeah, the Ori. Yeah, the, like the, the the solar system model. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. I think she's going to have a I, I haven't read the book or anything, but I think she's going to have a John Carter of Mars, but maybe without him being a Confederate veteran, sort of, you know, like a journey into space. I think that's what she's going to like those those weird things from the trailer where it looks like a bunch of civil war and like Greek guys like fighting with swords. I think mm-hmm. she's going to I think she's going to go to Mars. That would be whatever. amazing. Venus or Neptune. Yeah. Have a like weird sword and sandals in space kind of adventure here for that i want to see a little bit more of d too i want to i hope that uh i she gets a story too doesn't she in the book diana yes i think she does uh i haven't i haven't gotten into those later chapters yet i gotcha yeah kid kid hijinks great um well anyway um please join us next week for the fourth episode we're two for three so far i'm feeling optimistic about next week uh thank you for listening to lovecraft singles please check us out on apple podcast stitcher or the platform of your choice to subscribe, rate, and review us. Be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt-creepers uh, to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts. And of course, it's uh, it's no secret that there have been a bunch of horrible, horrible things happening in um, Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is not about an hour away from my home in Milwaukee. Um, so it's hitting me particularly hard. Um, and if you are like me and your activism sometimes falls more on the ruby uh, scale versus end of the scale versus the Letty end of the scale, and uh, you would like to help monetarily. We're going to go ahead and link you to um, the Milwaukee Bail Fund, which is now covering Kenosha, as well as the GoFundMe for uh, Jacob Blake's family um, to make sure that they can cover his hospital expenses and ongoing care since now he is permanently paralyzed. Oh. <sighs> yep. <laughs> There's anything else you can say. Yep. There's nothing else to say. We will see you next time uh, for episode four. Looking forward to it. Outrageous?